Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Lee McAlpin and I am Dave Cook and this is the One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall podcast. This is a Transformers TCG podcast that covers everything you need to know about the Transformers TCG. Unfortunately, the game is no longer being made by wizards, but the community and the fans of this terrific game have picked up the reins and have kept the game growing and the game is in a fantastic place right now like never before. On these podcasts, we cover news in the Transformers TCG community, interview players and content creators, we cover community tournaments in and around the world of the TCG, and we also review fan-created sets for the game. So, with that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. What's up, guys, and welcome to One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. The one and only. I am the one and only. That's right. Transformers TCG podcast on the airwaves. Today is episode 29, and it is a bit of a spooky one because we are going to be doing the set overview for Monster Menagerie, a set done by the Turbo Revving Old Punks. <laughs> which I'm a part of, and pretty much the entirety of the crew that is joining me on this podcast are founding members of that crew. So what we've got, we've got this lovely, should we say, spooky cake, because we've got four quarters. The first quarter, we're going to do a little bit of introduction to tell you who's on the cast. The second one, we're going to talk about the design process of these cards and some fun stuff that's coming down the pipeline as well with Turbo Revving Old Punks. Uh, then we're going to do the overview of the cards so you guys get to see them if you're watching it on YouTube or you get to hear about it all if you've downloaded the audio visual or the audio, uh, um, should we say, uh, podcast. And then we've got some questions, thanks to you lovely people out there in the community. So without further ado, Episode 29, hello and welcome. I'm your producer, Lee, and today I have a motley crew of people who have been on the cast because they're co-hosts or they've been on it before and we're all members of the Turbo Revving Old Punks. So, as per usual, I'm joined with Dave Cook, the man, the myth, the legend behind the Energon Hustlers as my co-host. How are you doing, Dave? Yeah, I'm good, thank you very much. It has been a while. It has been a while since I first saw you. Since we have uh, been on the airwaves. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. And it's it's exciting. The set comes it out is. at time of recording in six days, I believe. It's true. But when they're hearing this, it'll be out. Ooh, spooky. Like, look, it's so funny. So funny. And we are joined by shall we we we've 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 said it multiple times on this podcast if you listen but we are joined by one of the founding members of the turbo revving old punks 
but uh, the second best cars player in Canada, but with Matifer. How you doing, Matt? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm resting well at second right now. Resting well at second. Awesome. I'm glad. I'm so, I'm so glad that we get to have you back on a podcast, man. The last time we had you on, it was an absolute blast talking to you. And then it kind of, our friendship for, I believe for myself and for Dave flourished from that. It really did. And uh, all the stuff that kind of followed afterwards kind of just came from that podcast, which is so cool. It is. It is a little bit insane. So we got some spooky stuff to talk about today, I guess. So lots of spooky stuff. We have, we have indeed, like... This whole project really has grown organically from being becoming friends at the beginning of, the, of, of 2020 when we interviewed you and stuff for Arc Wave 1. Um, and the Turbo Roaming Old Punks has just grown organically from that point. And we originally said we weren't going to make characters, and that lasted no time whatsoever. A and month. now, a month. a month. A month. And towards the tail end of phase one, uh, Matifer had this really interesting idea, and you showed me some art, didn't you, from one of the old Transformers Legends mobile events? Yes, uh, it was a event that uh, was called Ghost in the Machine, and uh, there was another one that was kind of followed that that was later on, and we kind of just started building the characters based on rarity, and uh, just for fun to see what we could do, and then suddenly it just came to me. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think we all secretly love Halloween between all of us as well, don't we? Like, it's one of our favorite holidays. So it had to happen. It had to happen. It had to happen. Absolutely. And, like, everybody's character so far has been pretty on point. That's right. And, and you know, with, with, with sort of the set that came to be known as Monster Menagerie, um, it's not just let's make it, let's make it, making the cards. I, you know, I designed the bulk of the cards in phase one um, with some help from obviously the other founding members, but with phase, uh, sorry, not phase two, because we're not talking about that. Yeah, we're, we're not Monster talking Menagerie. about that yet. <laughs> not yet, <laughs> yet. Um, but Monster Menagerie, um, like each card has been designed by a different person. And there's people that are either full-time members of the punks or have guest designed something for us. Yeah, 100%. It's been a real interesting, cool... I think, like we keep saying, organic design process because we've had more people's input and more people have kind of collaborated with us. And even though we're forefathers, we now have minions underneath us. Hail Hydra. You know, it's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, And it's so cool because we... We honestly have been blessed with how phase one has been uh, received and and so many people just been like, we would love to be a part of this. And then when they've brought stuff to the table, we've immediately gone, well, there's another member. Let's just uh, get the paperwork done, you know, because it's been so good. And like they just add something new to the table and new to the team. It's been so good. Yeah, it's been it's been a blast to develop this set. Um, Matt, you were kind of design lead for this one, um, so we defer to your experience, obviously designing characters for the arc, and you brought a lot of that knowledge, and and also your extensive knowledge of card interactions and stuff, because 
I'd suggest something you'd be like, no, Dave, that is bad with this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, bl- I, bl- I blame Techno Magnus for that. It's uh, it's uh, one of those things where he, well, I would present an idea and he would, he'd usually reply with, that's a great idea, but this. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. So, so a lot of the ideas that I, you know, sort of certainly the character I designed in the set, his original design was, um, how, how, how do we call it, Lee? Dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> is it dumb or is it not dumb? I don't know. Um, it was dumb. It was dumb. Okay, dumb. just making sure. Just making sure. <laughs> he, he he was he was a little bit oppressive. Ooh, so um, we we've obviously thank you to Matt for helping us get the set to where it is today, um, but also thank you to everyone that was part of it and like. It's not just the creators. We 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 had a, a team of alpha testers, mm. um, prominent members of the community that um, were more than happy to come on board and help us. So thank you to everyone. I'm not going to name everyone because I've not written a list this time. But we'll also forget them though as well. This is the problem. We'll forget one person mm. and immediately when I see the dislikes on a video, I'll be like, it's because we forgot somebody. This is it. <laughs> oh, no. The shame. The shame. <laughs> the of shame. It. shame. The shame. 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 No, I, we, we our, all of our testers were wonderful. I mean, everyone that's on the TROP team, uh, everyone that came from the Bayformers team, Aaron from Full Circle Gaming has been a very big help with this uh, with this set as well. So uh, it's been a it's been a great experience. We did, we also did a public beta, so thank you to everyone that took part in that. Again, I'm not going to name all the names because I will forget someone. Um, but thank you. It's something we are definitely looking to do further down the line. In fact, in the not too distant future, but we'll save a little bit of a, a, a surprise for later on in, in the podcast when Matt can talk about the next project. I'm I'm really really grateful for those people as well because I feel like sometimes when you have stuff behind closed doors, like we we can I could definitely say with the stuff that I was playing, I was like, oh okay, this seems pretty good. But then other people play tested other things, and I was like, holy cow, I never even saw that. So they bring a whole different look and perspective to it. So yeah, I can definitely say thank you to everyone who's been a part of that and yeah like dave said going forward it's going to be a little bit more exciting but this is a small set because it's a halloween kind of special theme set and there's only nine cards but a lot of debate struggle joy went into these nine cards um some of the cards um have changed multiple times uh one especially is an autobot who i fell in love with very quickly uh, but became, I believe the word is a repairing mechanic of depression, I think, <laughs> was um, what it was. Uh, but then I argued, saying, no, it's not that busted, until like Matt explained some things and a few other people explained it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm dumb. I'm just going to shut up. No, 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 it's, it's not that at all. It just, it always comes back to Roadbuster. <laughs> Roadbuster, that guy. It always just comes back guy. to Roadbuster. You know? Yeah, but he's rubbish. He's not very good. Is he's he? rubbish, right? <laughs> he's right? rubbish, apparently. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. When you saw the first iteration of one of these characters, when Matt bought it up, we were like, oh, man, no one plays that guy. It'll be fine. But then we realized this would break him. And then people would want to just get their pitchforks and flaming torches and be like, you guys, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's it. It definitely couldn't have been allowed to to exist that way. And I think that's where, like you said, where like having multiple eyes on the cards, multiple people building multiple decks different ways. You know, we try our best to put out balanced cards. 
Um, we're not infallible, so if there is a broken, like, interaction with cards that we may or may not see, bearing in mind we, we've tested this alongside Arcwave 1, Bayform as well, Strike. You know, that's a big carpool, and Wizards of the Coast, and Phase 1, like, you know, if something were to be broken, the, the joy is it's a digital set, we can make changes if we feel they're necessary. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I don't think anything is broken yet. We've had some complaints about certain cards, but uh, yeah, shush. We like to listen. It's not broken. We like to listen. We like to listen. We, li we like to listen and just go like, what are they talking about? <laughs> and we say that in jest because sarcasm is what Dave and me love, mm -hmm. and uh, you should understand what sarcasm it's is. Part, it's part of being British, it's sarcasm. It's part of being British. <laughs> Prove you it. can't form digital cues and all these other things, so sarcasm comes out in the forefront for us. <laughs> you know, it's perfectly fine. So, um, yeah, we've got nine cards to talk about. Yeah, uh, all all different people created them. There was a huge design process. We had a load of people input and multiple changes to them. So, guys, I think we've got to start the set off right. Are you do, do have we missed anything? Because I don't want to miss anything. We've said our thank yous. We've talked a little bit about the set. Is there anything we can talk about before we start talking about these final characters we've created? Just one thing I'd like to say. Go for it, There's one final, fi final big thank you, and I'm going to name, name this man. Mike, from the Ark, you made these cards again look the shizzle. So yes. thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep, and for me, uh, my big thank you is Detecto Magnus for the constant support with the rules within this game, uh, for everything that you do for the community, and for the late nights working on these cards with me and the crew. Awesome source. So we said we wouldn't name everyone, but we've named a few heads. Okay, we've like, named enough. Our, our, we named enough. Our, our Hydra <laughs> seems to always get more and more heads in the, in the Trop family. I absolutely love it. At the moment, we're at like 57, I think, or something stupid. It's great. But anyway, let's move on to this set. And who wants to take number one? Should we? I, you know what? I'll give it to the second best card player. I think that's a good idea. Or, oh, wow. I, th I think we should. I'll let you go first, Matt. You know, it's a whole different time scale for you over there in the good Canadian Alps compared to us. So, it's uh, true. All right. So the first one on our list we have here is a Decepticon that was created by Mike King. And he is a seven-star tank Bonsai-tron. And as you see him right now, he is what tanks needed, in my opinion. This scary, very, very small tank has no problem fitting into just very simple lists that use almost like a mill effect. So uh, when we look at Bonsai-tron right now, uh, Bonsai-tron himself is the Crystal Lushkin Master. He is a tank-ranged character in his alt mode. He has three attack, three defense, and 10 health points. His ability states that when this battles, each player scraps the top three cards of their deck. Now what that means is you're gonna have to remember when you're attacking and defending that this ability will trigger. Yeah, I, f I forget all the time. Yeah, we forget, we forgot, <laughs> we've got so many times in testing like, oh yeah, that's a, oh no. <laughs> it's one of those reminders that just happens and, uh, but eventually we got to it. And for Bonsai Tron's bot mode, uh, this is something that was very much designed with the intent of Mike wanting General Megatron to have a best friend. 
<laughs> yeah. A BFF. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so if you look at here, we have a new mechanic, which we've nicknamed Dread. But uh, it is called, when you flip to this mode, your opponent has 20 more cards in their scrap pile. You may play a weapon. Play a weapon from where? Play a weapon from your hand. Yeah. It's it's so good. Like, well, Dave, you played a ton of Bunzo Tron, so I'll let you take the first thing about your thoughts on him. Yeah, like, like Matt said, he... he is an incredibly good seven-star Decepticon tank. It's, it's a star-class tank that, that wasn't there before. Um, he's a little bit more resilient than, say, Demolisher with Demolisher's low health pool of seven. Um, he's He just slides into a lot of builds. He's quite innocuous. That, that alt mode ability is quite... It, it's kind of underrated, but when, when some of the decks that we've seen in testing, like with Lord Megatron... Nemesis Prime, just watching them burn through their decks really, really quickly. Um, obviously, your opponent burning through their deck, and it's just, yeah, he's just great. He's a great little package. He can fit in alongside General Megs, Lord Megs, Living Weapon if you want, or doesn't even have to go into Tribal Squad. I, I love him. He's been really good in, mm -hmm. in testing. And the bot mode ability um, is quite powerful, but because of the way you're constantly cycling through your deck and then reshuffling, you 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 maybe get that off maybe two times a game. It's not it's not particularly strong, but then again, he's an uncommon. He's been designed with that power level in mind by Mike. Exactly. And the one thing that was really essential for this character is that some of the characters have synergy within the set, and you'll see uh, or they'll see as we go on uh, a future character that's a, a beast works extremely well with this character. Yeah, just just a bit. Yes. Just a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. And he's got those two traits. In, in alt mode, he's ranged. In bot mode, he's melee. So you've got some real interesting deck building choices when you're building yeah, this. Yeah, 100%. I really, really like him. I played him a little bit with Dark Mount. And funny enough, that is a scary combination. Because we're a glutton for punishment. If you do decide to want to run uh, the guys over at uh, Alpha Trion, the Dark Mount uh, stratagem with our Bonsaitron, I can let you know, sad, scary times are ahead because I can tell you now, it is a good time. I enjoy playing that deck. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the decks we saw were Lord Megatron being back on the table, which was amazing to see because, come on, that card art needed. You needed to make that guy good. And yeah, it was kind of awesome to see Nemesis Prime as well. I know uh, Dan... From Pips and Flips, he was uh, playing it. Yeah, his his Nemesis Prime deck with Banzai was was scary. It was really good. <laughs> it was, it was, it was really good. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, he's he's a great character, and we hope you like him. He's seven stars. He fits in a lot of lineups. He's really cool. It's a hundred percent true. And I feel because obviously we gave tanks, should we say, in phase one, a bit of support. It's really cool to see that we've got a really solid another solid addition to tanks. Because somehow we all seem to like tanks here at the Turbo Revving Old Punks. You know? I have no idea what you yeah, mean. I know. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. What are we saying? So, with that being said then, I think, Dave, we have to... We've got to talk about the next character then. I think... Do, have we given Bronzeitron a little bit of love? Is there anything else we should add to it, guys? I, I've got nothing else to say. He's he's really cool. Matt, have you got anything else you'd like to say about Banzai? Any 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 sort of tech that you could recommend? Uh, Bronzeitron has some secret tech. But uh, you'll have to play Captain Omega Supreme, maybe, or one of the Omega Supreme decks. I love that. 
Look at that. What, ma what madness. What madness he loves. I love it. So, the next card we want to talk about, I'm going to hand over to my co-host because he designed it. And this is a scary mother trucker. And I know one of the questions later on is all about him as well. But this, I definitely think, is one of the scariest bad boys in our set. Uh, so, Dave take it away mate what are we going to be talking about we're going to be talking about one of my favorite decepticon characters from the sort of idw comics he played a really big role within them he's not a very nice character and wizards god bless their souls their version was crap <laughs> let's be honest he looked he looked like casey jones as well just kidding. i'm going to keep he, on bringing he that did up. look like casey jones so that's probably a little, little bit of a clue there we're talking about bludgeon and true the card I designed for the set is Bludgeon the Metallicato Monster. Um, he is surprisingly a tank again. He's also a leader, he is ranged. He has five attacks, 16 health, three defense. He's a whopping 13 stars. And his ability is, when this defends and you flip more colors of battle icons than your opponent flips, this gets plus one defense until end of battle and do one damage to the attacker. Gotta watch out for that cannon. You gotta watch out for that cannon. This guy underwent several revisions. It's <laughs> <laughs> the nicest way of putting it. <laughs> At one point, um, he would trigger, when he defended, the opponent would reveal the top card of their deck and he would shoot them equal to the number of different color battle icons on the card. Um, that got reined in really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Because this consistency of shooting for three when people were flipping um, wedge formations and assault formations was a little bit too high. So, um, yeah, he's got he's got tail down. So the way, obviously, Matt helped me craft this ability into where it is now. And the idea is he is flipping back to his tank mode. He's, he's defending in tank, and he's going to shoot the enemy as they come in. But to sort of balance that, you've got to make sure that you're flipping multiple cards to get that tr a better defense flip from, from a color perspective than your opponent so cards like terrifying resilience work really well on him any of the tough stuff um and it, it's something i want to do is make tough relevant again because tough isn't isn't very good compared to bold particularly with the black pip so it's like how can we make tough matter again without necessarily giving like loads and loads of like you know just mono blue blocking decks it's like well let's try and make multicolor matter so that's kind of like the vibe between this mode and the shooting the attacker for one as well you know if you get lucky and you get the right flip you're going to ping them off which can and it's caused a little bit of concern here <laughs> um kill someone before they they actually do their damage yes yes it can but he is 13 stars and we wanted something along the same sort of power level as battlefield legend sort of general megs you know that kind of big beefcake character and say it with me! Beefcake! 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 Yeah, we, we, we love our beefcake here. And it just seemed right. And he got, yeah, like Dave said, he got so many different iterations of him. But I love how he's landed because we all wanted to keep it with a Metallicato kind of theme, obviously, because bless wizards um that that master of metallic Arto is a fantastic card and they kept teasing it and obviously we got bludgeon which is kind of sad and depressing but we wanted to justify that and i think we definitely have because 
yeah, the bot side, I have literally been... I've, I've, I've cried to the bot side. I'm not going <laughs> to lie a few times where I've been like, oh, yeah, that's nothing. Oh, dear God, that got crazy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is definitely something. Definitely. So... So seeing as we're talking about the bot, in bot mode, he drops the ranged and tank because he's transformed. He's now got a Mahusive sword and he gains the melee trait whilst retaining the leader. His attack changes to six, his defense goes down to two. And his ability is, when this attacks an enemy that has 12 stars or fewer, you may scrap a card from your hand. If you do, draw a card. If the card has, card has two or more battle icons, this gets plus two attack until end of battle. It was Wonderful. something to, yeah, it's <laughs> something we wanted, you know, or I wanted was to make him have synergy with his signature battle card, which is something Wizards didn't do with the um, Wave 5 bludgeon. Like, him and his stratagem just did not work with the battle card. I wanted something that did. But there's also a bit of sort of, sort of temperance with the ability in that he only gets this big buff if he's beating up little you know, people that are smaller than him. So he doesn't work against Galaxy Prime. He doesn't work against Megatron. He doesn't work against your favourite, Lee, Metroplex, or any of the combiner teams once they combine. So, like, he is powerful, but there is definitely a check to that, that if it's end game and you're against their big ga um, Galaxy Prime, Bludgeon's not, not going to... He's only going to be swinging for six, which is still good, but not... It's not always good, you know. If they're if they're the same same stars or, or higher, um, you're not going to get that card draw. You're not going to get the bonus attack. No, nope. I think I've gushed about this guy enough. What what do you guys think about him? Uh, well, for me, a bludgeon was uh, a really a, a good experience because when we first kind of crafted him, Dave, the first design that you made was almost completely different from what we've kind of ended up at and the path that we started. He mostly focused on weapons and attacking people that weren't able to be attacked. And as we kind of worked on the character and tested it with multiple members of the drop team, uh, we just had, we, we crafted it into more of a uh, an aggro character. And I kind of blame that on myself of playing a lot of Ghost of Tsushima at the time. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really had the feeling of that bludgeon, you know, where where he would attack. You know, he would scrap a card and draw a card, and you know, and then you would get the bonus if the card was. A different color and it really came from watching scenes of ma uh, reading manga anime where a protagonist would you know simply just push their their samurai sword forward or something in that kind of a line of a show and it really came from a lot of that uh, you know with the alt mode him being able to fire back before they get even close so yeah like you 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 and me conferred a lot on on the design of bludgeon i mean yes. a lot he's probably the one that had the most discussion around because he was the hardest one to get right to where we felt he was balanced, you know. This character is our competitive character in the set. Yes. There's no bones about it. He is designed um, to integrate with the community um, and particularly the Bayformers tournament scene. That's where we want him to be played. We want to see him played as a rival to some of the other big characters like Bayformers Gilthor, like Battlefield Legend. We want him in, in, in there. Um, but it's quite funny because we were talking about sort of switching this weren't we and you showed me what was that card you showed me from another game that inspired this ability uh it was a card from the cartoon crisis network game by cryptozoic and it was a it was a card for one of the powerpuff girls 
and I was playing just a game <laughs> with just some friends, and uh, it came up, and I was like, man, this this is actually pretty neat. So it kind of inspired the design process of some of it, just because it was. I was like, man, this this bubbles is hit like a tank, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it is true that's exactly how this ability came to be we we discussed it because the original ability was completely different yeah it was more more like a um legendary warrior bumblebee ability wasn't it? he could he could smack untapped characters um but we soon found we soon found being able to swing for like lots of damage on on someone that was trying to hide was wasn't fair no. it left a bit a bit of a bad feel bad um moment lee what do you think before we we shift on to the next one dude I love Bludgeon. Uh, to me, it just screams the old school and probably new school because it's just got redone. Uh, SNK fighter of Samurai uh, Showdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is a combo character of craziness. Like, I have seen Dave currently and casually going, oh, yeah, they, they, that's just uh, 16 damage. And I've been like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then I defend, and then I'm like, that exactly kills me. And it feels like, just because of the artwork as well, how he's standing like that, that he's just gone through my Autobot or Decepticon, and he's about to just put his uh, Katana back in the hill. And as soon as he hits the hill, my guy just explodes in the background. That's what I exactly feel like. <laughs> Game. And, <laughs> yes, game over. Like that's exactly what this guy's all about. Um, and and come on, we we wanted we we always say in in our sets as well. We want them to be fun and we want it to be uh, themed and stuff like that. But we've kind of gone going forward. We need to have some stuff that's competitive. And we've seen that, which we're going to eventually talk about on our next episode of uh, uh, One Shot Stand, One Shot Fall, when we talk about the Encounter Five. Um, tournament that we've realized that some of our cards are quite competitive and good so we've kind of addressed that and funny enough the first thing we've addressed was let's make a badass robotic samurai well done we are great <laughs> and i guarantee you guys are gonna freaking love playing him uh some of you are probably gonna hate playing him but he is killable and in testing he has gone down like a sack of spuds as well so it's nothing you know too 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 crazy should we say yeah like he definitely has weaknesses like if you stop him from flipping lots of extra cards if he's got a tough upgrade we all know bashing shield is the best like or probably the most commonly played upgrade removal in the game like bashing shield just stop him from being tough stop him from flipping loads of cards and just play really big guys if you think bludgeon's a thing just play like 13 star characters and you'll be fine 100%. <laughs> play, play your beefcakes, boys. That's all we're trying to say. If you're going to up against Bludgeon, cyborg a beefcake in. Beefcake! Beefcake! Or some sauce. Right, so uh, we're going to move on to character number three now. Uh, we're a third through the set, guys. Look, it's quite, it's quite a bite-sized set, to be honest. So we're not going to be here for 17 hours. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Brainstorm. This is uh, obviously a card created by our good host who has joined us on this podcast, Matifer, and this is Brainstorm. He is seven stars. He's a plane. He's ranged. He has three attack, 12 health, and two defense in alt mode. And his ability in alt mode is when you flip to this mode, return an upgrade to an enemy to its owner's hand. So that's pretty good. Just going to say, because we love, we love the whole point of Transformers is transforming back and forth. That's a really cool ability. I love that. And then we'll quickly go to his bot mode, and then I'm going to be like, Matt, tell us your whole idea behind this. Uh, so when he transforms into bot mode, he becomes a specialist. Uh, his attack goes up by one, so it goes to four. He stays at 12 health, but his 
ar his armor or defense goes down by one to one. And it says, each of your tapped characters has focus one. Interesting. So, Matt, please do tell us about the whole idea behind Brainstorm. Brainstorm came to me when I was playing a game of planes using Arc Windblade and realizing that there were not enough Autobot planes in the game. That, aside from the Aerobots, there is really not a lot of plane support for Autobots and a lot of characters. And one day, while well, kind of just looking through the art of the Halloween set and trying to decide on which character that I really wanted to build and make my own, uh, I realized that the Brainstorm in Wayne 5 was a bit of a disappointment for some fans. Personally, not for me, but for some fans, they didn't feel like that Brainstorm was what they wanted. So I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll make the brainstorm for the set. And immediately, as soon as I did this, I went and read a lot of his plot through the IWD comics. I really like in how brainstorm works. I like how he thinks in his comics. I also really enjoy his mechanics in the game. So I wanted to reflect that majorly. If you look at his alt mode ability, it really entails that it sends something back to your opponent's hand that is constantly being played out of them. It also kind of goes to the whole theme of the set where everything's spooky. We want to think of Brainstorm as knocking the weapon out of the monster who's chasing you as he's getting away. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, we wanted to kind of give him that thought. And while his bot mode, uh, his stats are a bit lower in a defense as he's a plane, but uh, his attack's a bit higher. And his ability to give focus to your characters that are tapped, now that applies to defensive characters and attacking characters. So he kind of shows your teammates that you don't have to worry about the big bad, but if you're not tapped, you're in trouble. <laughs> so. Yeah, I love this guy. I think I think the thing that shines so much with this guy is his bot mode ability, that ability of focus, which obviously we've talked about this multiple times on this podcast. One of the most unlike used keywords, should we say? Uh, or words, or mechanics, should we say. Sorry, Technomages, I'm butchering words, and you're probably screaming at me right now while, wa <laughs> while watching this or listening uh, to this podcast. But it's really cool to see that, because obviously attacking, fantastic, defending, like Matt's just said, it's great. I absolutely like it. And the, the cost of him, you know, for seven, it's fantastic. And, you know, the ability to bounce, you know, uh, upgrades back to their owner's hand is fantastic. And then you can security checkpoint them. Hey, Matt. It happened. It has <laughs> happened. It's pretty it funny. It's happened. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, he's he's definitely something Autobot planes needed, I think. Like, you're thinking about the standout Autobot planes. You've got Captain Jetfire, Wave 1 Jetfire. Obviously, the aerial bots are cool, but, like, they're a combiner team and they just do their own thing. Um, and then in the fan sets, obviously, we've had Art Windblade, who is insanely good and one of my favourite characters from Art Wave 1. Um, and there is some stuff in the pipeline I know that's coming from Bayform's uh, Wastelands when it's released. Um, no, he's he's really good. Like, um, he, he's quite innocuous because, like, he doesn't scream absolute power, but he's a really nice star cost. Seven is a nice cost. He slides into quite a few different sort of like star cost teams um that focus one is not to be underrated if you're playing a mixed pip deck that can really help you funnel away rubbish cards for the, for that attack or for that block um and he's very 
very, very good with Windblade. Yes, and just the the value of his SRT value is the reason why he's rated that high. Um, when someone gets showing off with his alt mode and flipped again and losing all their upgrades to their hand or, you know, having someone attack you and then you flip all the blue you need like that instead of the orange that's in your deck. So Yeah, and he, again, like Banzitron and Bludgeon, he's dual trait, so he's got a different trait in his alt mode than he's got in his, his bot mode. That's something we really wanted to inject into the set, wasn't it? It was like make characters that are versatile and encourage interesting deck building choices exactly he he is the autobot srt of the set um so whilst not as initially pow as bludgeon he has got a very very good role to play yeah he's a very cool utility piece i really like it and obviously we've said there is some autopop planes in the works from other sets so hopefully this will be a nice addition to those because it is quite prevalent that the Decepticons own the skies and the Autobots own, you know, the streets. But, you know, they, they, they had to, you know, mix it up a little bit. That's why we got the Stunticons. That's why we got the Aerial Bots. Just saying is all. Totally. Had to change it up a little bit. So, uh, sticking with characters then. Matifer, it's your turn to possibly the one that looks the most, should we say, scariest for a Halloween set. <laughs> or should we say, the one that should be in a Halloween set. <laughs> We've got Fangry Cursed Nightmare, originally called Grotesque Nightmare by Matt Coles. This is Matt's very first character for our set and for Trop. And he has created one of the most fun characters in the set. And I hope that people really enjoy how he's made. If you look at this character, Fangry, he is a beast in his alt mode and he has the melee trait. He's a six attacker with two defense. He has a large pool of HP, about 15, and his alt mode ability. It says, when this battles a melee enemy, your opponent scraps one of the battle cards they flip this battle without using those using its icons. And what that means is once you all flip your battle icons, cards, your opponent then chooses one of their cards to lose. Now, what's important to this uh, character itself is that if you look at the theme in the character, Fangry isn't is he's a sky tracker, right? He'd be good against characters on the ground. And Matt really wanted to implement that with his design. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, like it was a hard one to get right. We tried again, this went through multiple goes at getting this ability right. And this this is the one we felt was the fairest because originally we had it so you'd only flip the two battle cards before doing you everything else and then scrapping one of the cards and that that was a bit too good <laughs> so we yeah matt's yeah matt's really injected him into being like this sort of ground pounder close quarters fighter who is scary like he is scary like he's way beefier than his um wave five version he like look at those arms just look they're just them. huge they're huge he just got an upgrade like jackson mortal combat guys that's what he's done um yeah it's a really cool different design aspect as well because you know we do have a lot of characters, funny enough, that are competitive, that are, funny enough, have the trait melee. So it just seemed to make sense to create a character that, uh, you know, punishes those people, should we say, for playing those melee characters. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He's pretty good with his Wave 5 version, to be fair. He's pretty, if you, if you go double fangry and something, like, he's pretty, pretty good. 
But what is he doing bot mode, Matt? Uh, his bot mode is something that was an idea by me. Uh, Matt, me and Matt were trying to get his bot mode right. And through multiple times of trying to figure it out, we were just sitting one day and chatting. And I was like, what if we just mill someone? And then Matt was like, yeah, what if we what if we work on the more the mill theme? And then it started to come to, together very quickly that uh, this character is going to be used with a lot of uh, Lord Megatron decks. At the start of each player's turn, that player scraps the top three cards of their deck. That means on your turn, on your opponent's turn, this is going to happen. Thangri disrupts your thinking. He's the Cursed Nightmare. He's a defensive character in this mode. He goes down to five attack, goes up to three defense, and he becomes a range character. He's now fighting from behind the lines. His shield, his wings are, on his, are out in front of him, defending him. And how he acts and reacts disrupts the player's thoughts, which is their deck. Yeah, it's it again. It's got synergy with so many characters. Like everything we said about Banzai Tron is the same here. I think you know, like he he enables so many things, and it's it's a mechanic we're looking to expand upon in the future as well. Yeah, Dread is just so fun, and if you think about it, it really puts a stop to a lot of combo daring escape decks. Yeah, it's kind of like we might have designed something to stop those things, hey boys. <laughs> it's it's like it's like these characters are all here for uh, a grave reason. You know, something spooky. Yeah. Oh, grave reason. Oh. oh, the first pun of the night, ladies and gentlemen. You, you know first it. First pun of the night. Yeah, I, I love this guy. I think he's really, really cool. Obviously, we've talked about how many different iterations we have in him. The one thing that gets me every time is like how amazing his alt mode looks. And then in his bot, I'm like, man, his bot looks good. But for some weird reason, I just think he's decapitated a dinosaur and he's just wearing it as a backpack. <laughs> Every time, just because of the two yeah. feet, just like brr, at the back, I'm like, his, no. Yeah, his legs. legs. Every yeah. time gets me. They're like big, big, big dinosaurs. Yeah. Every time, yeah. just kind of like, oh man, that's so sad. Like, <laughs> it's just so prominent when you look at the artwork now. And I apologize for everyone who I've ruined that image of. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> You've spoiled it for me. Oh, uh, and it's, it's, it's spoiled it. And I think a lot of people who like Nemesis Prime, Lord Megatron, and future characters we may see. Uh, which will use this uh, this effect with the scrap pile. So, yeah, definitely, and it's really nice to see Matt's first card be a knockout as well. Like Matt's already designed a handful of cards for Phase Two, which we haven't really started testing, but we've got some really really awesome ideas for that as well. So um, it's really good. Matt's one of my local players. He's a local player for for local people and for the wider world, obviously. But um, yeah. Like, great, great design. He's just fun. You know, he, he's a lot beefier than his um, Wave 5 version. He's cool. I like him. Yeah, more people like him. He is a ton of fun. So, uh, moving on to our next character, Dave. I think you should do this one because this is the no, one. You, this is like, your yeah. card. So, if I do it, I'm going to get this on the your... soapbox. Well, do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Speech. Okay. Speech. So, I again was late to the party when it comes to uh, our meetings of we're designing stuff because my life is way too hectic and busy at the moment. And when it came to Lee, you need a card. I was like, what can we do? And then they showed me all the artwork, and immediately I was like, I remember that Autobot from the cartoon series, <laughs> and he was the first one that I really, really want to do in a way and um then matifer kept well let's just be honest matt kept uh 
I, I don't know how many memes of the guy holding a microphone he kept sending me, and I was just like, God damn it, I'm gonna have to do it. So I'm talking about hardhead. It's, it's Hardhead Grave Mistakes. So another grave pun uh, with this set. He is a tank. He is ranged in alt mode. Um, he is 11 stars, guys. And he is 5 attack, uh, 14 health, and 3 defense. And his ability in this mode is, when you flip to this mode, move a weapon from one of your other characters to this. If that weapon has two or more battle icons, do two damage to an enemy. Yes, that is incredibly strong. But also, Hardhead is a walking arsenal. Like, he's literally the guy who wants guns, guns, guns. Ooh, guns, guns, guns! Yeah, that clip from Robocop never gets old. Really, never gets old. But yeah, uh, guys, your thoughts on the alt mode to begin with? Sure, so... Uh Hardhead's alt mode was something that uh, me and Lee kind of just worked on and Dave, we all worked on it together and he really wanted, or I feel like you wanted Lee, a character in a tank that was more than 10 stars. And like that you wanted a big, big Autobot tank. And even though Hardhead is a deluxe character most times, um, there are other characters in the game such as Novastar who's like 12 stars like that who is a big character but she has a deluxe you know, action figure. So, or you know, or Transformer figure. And with Hardhead, we wanted to really, really push a character that could use the move effect and encourage you to build mixed colors like that, not just, you know, blue or orange shells to really encourage diverse weapon building from all the different design sets and from wave one to five and the crossplay ones. 100%. Yeah, he's, 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 He's really good. Like that ability, though, does diminish in usefulness over the over the length of the game, which is why it's two damage. Because we did try it one to start with, and it just didn't feel like it did enough. Because sort of mid mid to late game, like you'd just be down to hardhead, and he's effectively vanilla at that point in this mode. Yes, he is a uh, blank in that mode once your allies are gone, which is usually what happens to him. You know, so no, but he's 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 um awesome, and I think it's nice a a really robust. Um, Orbot tank because I haven't really got any others like at the moment really there's not many Orbot like Warpath we've made better with artillery support so he's, he's playable now he is in real like him and Hardhead best friends just saying as well yeah. guys they're so effing yeah. so totally good. but it's nice to see him he, he's got a good stat line for his star cost he he He's good. He's a good Autobot tank, which is what you wanted, I think. So, yeah. What's he doing in uh, bot mode, though? Because this is spice. So this is the spice, and this is the soapbox, and there's going to be rants, and some people might complain, but deal with it, okay, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just uh, that's how brutal I am. So, right when he goes to bot mode, he loses the tank trait, obviously, because he's transformed. He goes to ranged, still has that trait. He goes to six attack. Uh, and he loses one defense, so he goes to two. But the kicker is his ability, which kind of got changed a little bit due to wording. But now we've got it, so it isn't as busted as it might sound when we first read this. So, 
If an enemy character would cause its owner to return a card from their scrap pile to hand or the battlefield, or would cause its owner to play a card from their scrap pile, put that card into their KO area instead. Yes, Hardhead gives the middle finger to everybody in the most horriblists of ways. And I can censor myself on this because he hasn't been errated yet, but f Rekgar, <laughs> that guy, I have, like, everyone in the Trop family knows this. If you play Rekgar, you will see a whole complete different side to Lee, especially when you play that stratagem. And this was kind of designed when I was talking to Matt and I was like, this needs to stop. I want something to stop this because he is the one that it's, it's, it's time to stop. It's time to stop. Exactly. Because I think Dave saw me in the most hilarious way ever. I'm just like, F this guy. Like, seriously, I don't know how many times I'm going to have to censor myself. But seriously, it's that stratagem. It literally can make or break a game. And there's certain other cards that, you know, really really can oppress certain things and i was like let's make a character that is not just a beefcake, beefcake! beefcake! but also he can stop your opponents from doing some really cool shenanigans because you know what we haven't really got a character that can fully stop those kind of things so we haven't and there are perfect. over 24 characters in the game right now i believe including most of them coming from wave one to five so yeah yeah but it's it's a hoser it's pure and simple it was it's designed as a hoser card because when we're when we're making our cards we are looking at what the arc are doing and what bayform is doing because we're trying to have it so we have this harmonized pool of cards that play nicely together so people can Mix and match from the fan sets. Obviously, you can play them with whatever fan sets you want. You know, if it's your kitchen table, knock yourself out. But we, we've we been trying to integrate these with Adam and his Encounter series and moving into what's coming next year with Wastelands. Um, so a hoser card, I think, was needed. Retgar is very, very strong. Um, you know, Battlefield Legend returning actions is very, very strong. There's a lot of characters that have those things on like masses like over 20 it just stops naughtiness stops off tryon stops trigger happy stops gnaw stops there's just so many like it's just it's it's a good way to see an alternative as a sideboard character as well but uh i mean as much as this may seem like a hate character this character is almost a vanilla character in bot mode if you don't have any recursion whatsoever yeah hundred i was about to say exactly that yeah. And that's and that's the one thing I think looking at him as well is sure he has this really kind of like scary text box in bot mode, but also in the alt mode as well. Both these abilities kinda null each other out when you're playing against certain character types or certain decks. Like he just is a solid good character. He's got a bit of spice on there, which is nice. But like if you take away the rest of his team or you aren't playing certain things that, you know, occur when you grab stuff from your scrap pile or whatever. He just becomes a plain vanilla dude, <laughs> which isn't bad. It, it's, and, it, and it's really like he needs his allies. Like, you know, he needs his allies to work. It's true. And I will let you know, just because I'm going to jump off my soapbox right now, play him with Warpath and our amazing stratagem. He is 
scary fun running dual tanks and you can also throw in another autobot for some spice but also i've been running him recently with sergeant six gun the weaponizer holy crap on a crackle like he can hit for a lot and also just some spiciness plays guys because obviously you know six gun can basically turn into two weapons so one can be put in your utility slot you know Master Sword is a thing, guys. And, you know, replacing one of those is pretty freaking good. Just saying is all. Um, it's so super good. It's, it's super, super good. good. And also, you're playing a weaponizer. Like, it's mad. Like, seriously, what's going on? The the most the most fun I've had with Herdhead was playing a, an enforcement to batons to swap it over and knock off my opponent's weapon and then gleefully play a Master Sword to only forget that they had played a sabotage Artemis down. <laughs> they just lose it. That's impressive. And just lose it. Just lose it. And I just feel like and they'd be like, did you forget? I was like, listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry it was late. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I forgot. Three of the board. <laughs> hey man, I've done it on camera. Yeah. I've literally walked a grenade launcher into a sabo. I'm like, what oh, an idiot. So impressed with um, myself. So impressed with myself. But it is fun to have those turns where, like, there's a good example for the alt ability. Like, you can play an enforcement batons onto someone else, then flip hardhead, and then move those batons onto him, and so you can remove another weapon. So it's very, very good. Like, it's it's very, very good. No, yeah, I love hardhead. I, I was grateful to have that the obviously the big boy tanks. There's not many tanks that are actually in uh, the Autobot like lineup, and to have such an iconic character who, yes, does like a good sing now and then. You know, it was really cool to do that, and yeah, completely grateful for the whole Trop family for helping me with it because. Yeah, at, at, at the end of the day, I was like, I want something to f over like Retgar until until <laughs> he gets errated. So obviously, if you're listening to this, the errata card might have happened to that stratagem that might change it. But for now, f that guy and f the two wheels that he came in on. Just say it is all. And everyone knows that I'm only having some friendly banter because I love the guys over at the Ark. But if you ever want to play Retgar against me, trust me, you'll see a whole different side to me immediately with a sigh. And then is obviously repeated multiple times in that. I'm not going to lie. You'll see a whole other side of me. This is, this is even more rage than last line of defense mm -hmm, in Mega mm -hmm. Supreme coming yep. from you now. This is proper rage. Pure rage. Yeah, well, I don't think it's pure rage. It's just that guy you know seriously like <laughs> even all of us deeply go like i like playing retgar but when i go against him at this current state in the game as of recording but hopefully we already know what's possibly coming out in the not too distant future to help that stratagem but at this current uh, moment in time <laughs> that guy <laughs> in the nicest way possible but i love everyone and everyone knows that i'm only jesting in jest so that's it once you'll stand once you'll fall episode 29 yeah. rated yeah. r yeah rated r <laughs> with all the beeps like literally lee just beeped himself out it sounded like something from that scene from like oceans 12 when like they're i forget the guy's name but he's trying to put his song on radio and it just beeps every other second it's like you can't hear him singing like literally <laughs> This don't bother you. Of course it bothers me, mate. But what the f do you want me to do about it? Well, it's up. You can't hear none of the lyrics. You can't even get with the beat with all them bleeps in it. If you want to sing it on the radio, this is what you're going to have to do. Well, it's in it.
It's totally f***ing right. It's f***ing There we go. Awesome source. Right. So, Dave, we'll come back round to you. And we'll talk about our next character, funny enough, who's also a headmaster, but not a headmaster in our set. Yeah, because headmasters are dumb. You're dumb. This is my, my, my 50 pence over here in the UK. So the next, the next character is a really special character, actually, because this is something we were really keen to do, um, is integrate the community. We're all about the community here, and, and I think we've said that enough times. But this is actually one of legendary Void's Wave X cards that has been harmonized, which is a, a term that we are, we're using to make fan sets work together. Now, a lot of the, the community groups have taken this on board, and legendary is one of those. So this is his highbrow, appalling, appallingly astute helicopter. Um, he's a helicopter, he's ranged, he's 4.13.2, he's nine stars, and if I can read right with my glasses on, and <laughs> <laughs> what is going on tonight? Oh, it's <laughs> the guards broke here, I apologize. You, you have broken <laughs> right? You dropped this king. <laughs> um, so, he reads, when this defends and you flip at least two blues, do one damage to the attacker after the battle. Again, funny, funny, funny tribe, aren't they, within the Transformers TCG? That there's some dumb ones like Springer, like Sergeant Springer from Wave 4, who is so obnoxious that most fan tournaments have banned him because he's an idiot. Um, and then there's Whirl from Wave 5, he's awful. There's literally the two polar opposites in the tribe at the moment. You've got one that is amazing. And then one that is literally dog shit. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like you've got literally the shining star, and then a turd. It's insane. It is literally. Insane. Yeah, I think I think it's really nice to see um, Legendary's design harmonised as well because there's not been much changed here. I think um, he was a specialist originally. I think we changed it to range to fit more into like the missile firing helicopter yeah. kind of thing. Um, I think his bot bot. His, um, sorry, his alt ability is completely unchanged, isn't it? As Legendary had it. We didn't really, we didn't want to go and change a lot of what uh, Caleb had made or Legendary had made because his stuff, uh, in order to refractor it or to harmonize it with the rest of the community, we approached him and said, would you mind if we used a card from your set that we really enjoy to include it in our Halloween set because um, rather than us make this brand new card, we would love to have your card in the set and he, he simply said yeah of course and we worked together to get the rewording done and uh we, we tested it with the cards and it turned out to be a, a great experience yeah he's he's really cool like he's a solid nine star helicopter in bot mode he um keeps the range trait drops all uh, the helicopter obviously goes up to five attack his defense does not change which is interesting um, very good defender yeah he's he's good particularly with, with him wanting to lean on the blue mechanic as well okay pierce is a thing but you know there's there are answers to pierce within within certainly within the community cards um but his his bot mode ability is when you play your second action during your turn look at the top four cards of your deck and put them back in any order flip this to alt mode at end of turn so he's really really interesting in the fact that you can brainstorm which was his original ability was like when you play your brainstorm you can do these things and we were like well let's just make it a second action because then you can time in with special ops mission from wave three phil communicator 
Um, uh, what's the or confidence? Yep. That's the card. Um, so there's lots we just wanted to enable him a bit more and, and again Caleb was just really really cool with it he's like yep that that actually makes sense let's do that um, and then he gets to flip back to his his really good defensive mode at the end of turn so that's you know enough said really he's really good I really like him yeah yeah and we're glad to have him in the set 100% what do you think Lee? I love him I love the playability of looking through the top four cards of your deck and then put them back in any order because then that gives you the ability to plan your next couple of turns if you're uh, and and getting the right kind of flips for the aggressive or the defensive flips that might be coming your way and i love i love the fact that we've already touched on it as well we had legendary on a few podcasts ago some of the cards he 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 has made i'm like they're unreal i want to go play them and that he is open to like as we've called it harmonization and bringing them out with the guys from the bay formers go listen to that podcast he goes into a bit more detail about it is really exciting and it is a really cool introduction uh to kind of say yeah caleb we've like harmonized this card to work in our set but you know you can go check out his cards which is kind of more free promotion for him as well because dave and me love that justice league too much like holy crap yeah those characters they're, they're, they're noise they're a bit they are noisy should we say Any, anything else to add on highbrow map no i think uh, i think i pretty much covered it for me i i do love his bot mode and uh i've had some spicy plays so far and as much as i love playing him and world together it's much better to go three or three wide right okay so i've just seen what's coming coming up quite quickly so what i would like to do is change up the order a little bit is everyone okay with me taking the next character because the character after this matt you can get on your soapbox and with your megaphone and live the dream <laughs> are you 100 percent down with that yeah I'm awesome down, brother. okay so we've talked about this guy religiously on this podcast and told fan sets oh we want to do this can't when are we going to get this character can we get this character can we get this character and then one of the forefathers of this series who isn't on this podcast unfortunately tonight uh nizumi has made the first hoist should we say that i know of that exists in this game and he's a very very good character so, uh, Hoist, Fearless Rescuer, he is a truck, he is a specialist in alt mode, he has 4 attack, uh, 12 health, and 2 defense, and in his alt mode it says, when this defends, reveal the top card of your deck, if it's an armor or a utility, put it into your hand. Mr. Old Man there is get generating value for you. It's so good. What are your guys' thoughts on the alt mode? He's he's cool. Like again, his ability isn't going to trigger every single turn, so we're quite keen when we design cards that they they're not necessarily powerful all the time, um, but they can have some powerful effects. So again, this is comes down to your deck building and how you want to build your deck. Um, there's plenty of good armors and utilities out there, uh, particularly him being a specialist. Field communicator is a thing. Um, also, like, I tried in testing him with, like, the Crystal of Power. Because if that's in your deck and you flip it, it's an armor and a weapon. So double value there. You just get a weapon to your hand um, by cheating slightly. Um, no, he's, he's really cool. Like, he's, he's nicely cotted as well at nine stars. He, he can go into a nice three-wide build. Um, he can also... He's a really good partner for Galaxy Prime. 
and we'll see why in a minute when, when you go across. But Matt, what do you think of Hoist? Uh, Hoist was probably the most problematic character we had in the set. Uh, we I love Hoist, but he has been one of the most interesting and specifically characters that we had to get right because you guys, we, we promised this character, right? Like that, like we, we promised that we would get this character right and I absolutely, in the end, love this character because the process has taught me so much in design and his ability is just, it feels like hoist. Yeah, he, he definitely does feel like a rescuer, particularly when we look at his, his bot mode in a second. Um, Lee, have you got anything else to say on the alt mode before you tell us what he does in bot mode? I love it. Period. Done. Exclamation point. Smiley emoji. He's really good. He's freaking unreal. I love it. And the artwork's sick as well. Like, the artwork is legit. So, sorry for you audio listeners. Yeah, sorry about that. The artwork for the entire set, like, the, the um, Legends art from that Halloween event, spot on. Like, every single character looks awesome. Yeah. And the majority of the artwork we've had, it looks like we wanted it to be spooky or dark or themed at nighttime. So when we go to bot mode, you can see it's a full moon and Hoist is hunting down Fangry and all the boys, should we say. But in bot mode, uh, he loses truck, obviously, because he's transformed. He stays as a specialist. He goes up to five attack and he stays at two armor or two defense, should we say. Uh, but here's the kicker, which is really, really fun, which uh, Dave alluded to with Galaxy Prime, and that is uh, when you upgrade one of your Autobots with a utility, repair one damage from it. This changed a few times, and that's putting it nicely, because we had some really awesome combos going on with other characters, but then, as we alluded to, Roadbuster, you son of a bitch, why? <laughs> so guys, your thoughts on, uh, on, on Hoist? Because I loved playing him, period. He was so good. We we definitely broke Robuster with him because he originally said armor or utility, didn't he, Matt? And yeah. <laughs> we played like one match with Robuster and we're like, no. <laughs> Repairs six damage off. Six damage off an extra padding. I made someone pack up for the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'm done. They're like, they're like, I'm done. <laughs> so yeah, he, he, he had to change. Like, like as much as we wanted wanted it to be armors and utilities like it sounds crazy because robuster is no by no means a, a top tier character nowhere near like you look at the other srts from wave 5 that see significant play robuster is not one of them but when you can toolbox him and then drop triple extra padding and <laughs> repair like like nearly everything is taken no it, it had to stop it's true. It and, to stop. and with Hoist and Brainstorm working together, while Hoist is in his alt mode and Brainstorm's in his bot mode, you'll be able to focus and get his armor utilities. It's something that's really cool with the interaction between the two. Yeah. So it's, again, like you don't have to go tribal. It's really, really cool interactions that are, you know, kind of intentionally designed within the set, but also in the wider game as well. They play nice with a lot of other characters. Sandman, one of our alpha and beta testers, was throwing this guy around with Galaxy Prime like there was no tomorrow and literally 
it was frustrating when Galaxy Pro oh, I'll just drop another Matrix and repair Galaxy one damage. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> why? I think I was I was running what RC from Wave One and um, Ratchet from the Arc and him and just basically going, I'm gonna go do heal. And I think I played a game against Dave where literally at one point I think I healed four or five with the old craziness of how he was written. And I was like, oh, that was really strong for one turn until we saw a Roadbuster, and that immediately changed. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he's still good. Like the it, it shouldn't be um, underrated. Like that repair. Like repairs never been repairs a really funny mechanic because it's either not quite good enough, yeah, or busted. Like, like it's 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 a very fine line between the two. It is undiscovered country that hopefully we will to be able to you know pursue it eventually and find out how to make it better uh, without breaking it and you know he's cool like he he's a without being you know a pun on that he's a utility character he's a support character that can fulfill two different roles within your deck he can net you some extra cards he can repair a little bit of damage and if you tandem him with ratchet is a really good example ratchet and him are really really good together because you still have seven stars left to play if you're using art ratchet yeah i really like hoist i think we've done him justice nizumi was really really cool with his first design was sick and he's it was really really fun working uh with nizumi on it as well so yeah nizumi did a good job yeah he did he deserves a golf clap because he he's he's not on this cast which is very very sad but also he gave you guys hoist so just remember that just remember that so this i have not seen which is the next character because this was hidden behind closed doors from me and I think from a few others, because we I heard what it was, and then I immediately was like, WTF, I don't understand this. So, Matt, explain the next character card that we're going to be talking about. Well, this character has been around for a long time, but it was not this character that you see before you. And in finding the art and digging through the sets, uh, many hours spent online uh, just digging and finding Legends art, one night I came across an amalgamation of Megatron Ratchet. Uh, dubbed Mega Ratchet by Simon Furman, uh, we chose to call this Megatron Ratchet for game purposes. This is the 10 star and one of the key surprise characters of the set. We have an amalgamation of a tank truck ranged Megatron Ratchet that was fused together. Now, there's a story in the UK comics that covers a lot of this detail about what happened to them. And uh, Brian from Wreck and Roll recently published an article for us, spoiling the character that detailed that. Yeah, big props to, to Brian for, for doing that for us. You know, it's really nice to have Wreck and Roll involved with the, the spoiler process. Um, he, he, he's really, really good. What's he do, man? Well, the basis of Megatron Ratchet is that he's a tank, truck, and ranged in alt mode. His attack is four, defense is three, with a 13 hit points. When you flip to this mode, do one damage to an enemy. If it's an Autobot or a Decepticon, repair one damage from this. It's a real nice fusion of the two personalities that make up this guy. Um, and it's cool that you noted that. He's called Megatron, because I want to call him Ratchetron. <laughs> we, we all had names, yeah. Yeah, it's like or Mega Ratchet or, or, you know, whatever. But what what you pointed out is it's true is it needed to be this way so we could have Megatron-only cards like our Enhanced Fusion Cannon from Phase 1 and potential future Ratchet cards. 
we wanted him to be able to play with them, didn't we? It's true. And Dr. Death Kid in here has some has some cool cards coming up for him. I love that, Dr. Death Kid. We've got so many <laughs> nicknames for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I feel like this is the abomination of our set, which I absolutely think is so good because of having the name Monster Menagerie for a set. When you get to see the bot work, I'm just, when, yeah, there's yeah. just going to be something before Matt explains it now. Yeah, look at it. It's a freak. It's a freak. Let's look at it. Uh, so, uh, Megatron Ratchet is bot mode. This becomes a unique character where he becomes melee. Uh, much like Dave mentioned earlier, we wanted to test something where a lot of the characters had reverse, you know, uh, keywords in their different modes. Uh, he's a five attacker, two defense, and his ability is that enemies cannot be repaired. And his second tagline is that this has pierce equal to the number of green icon upgrades on it with different names. So if you play three attack drones on Megatron Ratchet, he's only gonna get plus, he's only gonna get Pierce one. And that was intentional, yeah. But if you perhaps played a new card, such as Enhanced Fusion Cannon from Trop Phase one out now, uh, you could actually get Pierce three, like an Energon Axe. It's naughty, it's naughty. He, he again, he's, with how we kind of like were designing and stuff, Again, this is a nod to like how we're working and looking at other fan sets that are within that yes. sort of tournament framework. One of the big boo-boo cards and the boogeyman is resilience for, for the Titans yes. of Combinance. And a, a lot of people have expressed concerns over the card. We're like, well, we'll just make a hoser for it. And much like Hardhead is, you know, hosing down those sort of reanimation on and those recursion decks, this is potential hosing for repair decks and again yes a bit a bit of a, a sort of counterbalance to, to sort of like heavy repair strategies yeah and with the character itself we really wanted to mechanically make him work within the theme of the character and with such little source material we really had to kind of focus on the points that were given to us and with his modes his alt and bot mode i really wanted to make it feel like if Megatron and Ratchet were fused together, what would happen, right? What would happen? Yeah, Ratchet, Ratchet wouldn't be able to fix anybody. He'd just be, his, his mind would be broken. <laughs> exactly, and, and most uh, most upgrades that you know require a fetching ability or a helpful need like that give him a deadly ability, which is something that Megatron would have, a, a normal pierce. His alt mode, specifically doing damage and healing, let's say if you get a pocket, sorry, a, a toolbox on your Megatron, what happens when you flip to alt mode? You're gonna heal too. Yeah, he, he he's really really good. Like a massive props to Mike here because the original artwork for this had writing all over his legs. Mm, so yes. massive massive props to Mike. Mike is our artwork wizard. He has made this shine. It, like you wouldn't tell that it was there. He's done a really good job. Yeah, and uh, one thing that's important as well with this card is that I even though I do have two characters in the set, uh, this card was really crafted by my friends that help test and locally where I live that have uh, helped shape Arc Wave 1, helped test Drop Phase 1. They, uh, this card was really for them and uh, one of my friends uh, helped with it, so. Yeah, Siros Telos. That's not his real name, by the way. It is not his real name. <laughs> look, look, look him up on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Lee? Because you, you've not really seen this guy because he was, he was late to the party, as it were. I think I love it period i like trucks i like tanks but the fact is 
I love the dive and the deep dive into the UK comics, which, funny enough, the majority of the TROP crew are from the UK. So I do love the nod that you've given to us with that. But every time I look at the bot mode work, it's like Megatron's holding his arms, Ratchet, it's an abomination. And it just works well with Monster Menagerie. And I feel like you're going to get the best of both worlds with this guy. You've got an Autobot and you've got a Decepticon. So you can immediately go, cool, I've got both of those traits. Cool, I can throw in a mercenary, I can do some other stuff. And you can have the best of both worlds with this guy. And it's just really cool. Like, when we wanted to get characters that were spooky and scary, like, I think the bot mode just keeps speaking for itself. It's like, it full is, on Halloween. It is full on, like, scary. Like it really, it really is, and a lot, I've seen a lot of uh, Twitter artists been, you know, doing this character specifically, and I believe it was issue, it was it was in the U.S. issue and also in the U.K. right around issue seventy, issue three ten, I believe. Um, I don't have the infra link in front of me, but uh, or the information, but I believe that's what it is. <laughs> He's cool. Like I tell you, who he works really well with, and that's um, Gilthor from Bayform's World Strike. Oh yeah, because they're both tank <laughs> trucks. You're only too tall, but my god, what a too tall team it is! It's fun. Scary. And too yeah, tall. and we 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 may see some more tank trucks coming from Bayformers. So who knows? I know. Look at us. We're just like teasing stuff. We love it. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So, that was character eight. We're on the final this, character, man. I know it's the last one. How have we got here so quickly? It's because it's not a marathon, Bill Moo. Yeah, because it's a, a bite-sized thing. <laughs> you know, we, we love giving Bill Moo, like, shit for building, like, monster sets. But, you know, these baby ones are pretty cool, too. <laughs> but, yes, Dave, let's talk about our final character. You finish us off with all the character overview. And then we'll get to uh, a bit of a, a juicy overview from all of us, I think. So, yes. So this is um, Wolfwire, Lying in Wait, also known aka as Weird Wolf, but we've chosen to stick with Wolfwire in line with the Wave 5 iteration. Uh, he's a beast melee, 8 star, 5 attack, 12 health, 2 defense. And again, we've got this little little um, sort of dread theme, as it, as it were. When your opponent plays a green battle card and they have 20 or more cards in their scrap pile, do one damage to an enemy. So he has nice synergy with Fangry. He has nice synergy with Banzai Tron. Um, and he's just pretty good anyway. Like, he's a beast. Beast and melee, there's some really good beast support um, from the fan sets and melee support. You look at Angle Moi Surge from Bayformers. Look at beast mode from Arc Wave 1. There's some spice available to this guy. What do you guys think? I love Wolfwire. Uh, this was a entry that was designed by uh, a TROP member. Well, we, we'll wait to show who it was, but it was co-designed by uh, some of our other members in the, in the group. And Wolfwire was one of those characters in Wave 5 that everybody was excited for, but then when everybody seen him, they went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, we wanted to kind of keep with the green battle icon theme with the character, and I really think that a lot of people play green battle icons, so it's pretty relevant. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Like he's he's been very good in testing. Like I was running him in a real hyper aggro build with um, uh, Wave Five Fangry. What was the other? Be I had another beast in there. I was Mind Wipe actually, mm -hmm. another Wave Five character that doesn't see a lot of play. 
but he was really good. Um, it just kind of all gelled together, you know. Oh, yeah. Like crab, obviously, and all that. There are so many beast cards that are currently in the meta. There's like, are these wires important? We've got Assuming Control, Beast Mode, and Feneral Tenacity from the Ark, you know? So. Yeah, there's loads of really, really good beast stuff out there. So th this guy, again, leaning into that cross-play feel. And he's just, he's just really fun. Um, what do you think, Lee? Yeah, he's a fun character. Uh, I feel like I, I didn't have the honor of playing a ton with him, but it just seemed right to kind of correct an error on Wizard's Path, should we say? <laughs> um, how many times have we done this? Like, how many fan groups have like, like, like Matt, how many, how many characters in Art Wave 1 were like, oh my God, Wizard, you've ruined my, you ruined my boy, I need to make you a good boy. 100%, because I feel like that's the one thing now that with fan sets, we can go back and create something that I think everyone would like, but also personally we all like, because we all have our favorite characters. Like, I'll say it again, I love Blitzwing. He's shit in the card game. Um, but hey, uh, at some point he might get rectified, we never know. But Wolfwire is really, really cool because, come on, Monster Menagerie, the first thing I always think of when it comes to Halloween is like werewolves and stuff, so it just seemed like an auto-include. And just having the ability that we keep talking about, dread, that eventually will become a keyword eventually at some point. But it just seemed cool to to have another character with this ability so having him run with banzaitron as well is kind of a cool thing because you can get that double dread shenanigans going and stuff it's yeah it's really really good i like it definitely like you know like any kind of like from from coming from a magic background that the 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 discard pile so the scrap pile in transformers in magic it's the graveyard so for me like having like that sort of graveyard connotation is really really cool um, I, you know, I, you know, I think it's something I'd like to see more of in the future, and it's something I think we'll definitely be looking to do. If we get a spooky character, we may well have um, some. Sorry, it's my wife clattering, making cakes for our son <laughs> on Wednesday. <laughs> in the, slam the oven door. Just, only doing a podcast, Dave. It's not important. Do you um, want your cake or not, Dave? <laughs> do, you want, do you want chocolate cake on, on, on Wednesday? Um, but <laughs> moving on to the bot mode, where he drops his attack down to four, because he's obviously not a, a scary wolf anymore. His defense stays the same at two. And when you flip to this mode, your opponent scraps the top three cards of their deck. If a green card was scrapped this way, you draw a card. So he can self-fuel his, his alt mode ability, and he's also very good with Banzaitron. Shocker. Yes, uh, Wolfwire's bot mode was heavily inspired by the designer because uh, Dan from Pips and Flips is a, is a big Wolfwire fan and also uh, a, a member of our team, and he really helped a lot with shaping this character from its design. Uh, the ability is relevant. Uh, there are a lot of green cards in the game, and that feeling you get when you flip them and you watch as your opponent scraps those cards and you see the green card, you just want to howl because it's just like, yes! <laughs> like, yeah. like howl yeah. at the moon yeah. like a werewolf you know, you know it, and I mean, you know me, this this set, I, I, made, I made playlists on Spotify to get our teams into the mood so we could play this, you know, and, and get it. It was, it was something really fun. And Wolfire was just... Yeah, and Wolfire was one of those characters that just kind of like gave a good vibe throughout the team. Everybody loved him. And he so. looks like, like, he's like, I've got Trax's head and I'm really yeah. angry. Ah. <laughs> and his art, his <laughs> art was so hard to find. It took a long time to get that. Like, you you, you have some skills, man, when it comes to finding the artwork. Because you have found artwork I could not Don't find. sue me, wizards. <laughs> um, 
yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you to Dan. You know, Dan's <laughs> Dan's been an integral playtester for Turbo Roving Old Punks. And he's kind of under our wing, as it were. Like he's 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 one of the he's one of the boys from the dwarf. Yeah, he is one of our many many minions. Hail Hydra! Hail Hydra! Hail Hydra! Hail Hydra! <laughs> <coughs> so <laughs> you have to put disclaimer. disclaimer. You have to put disclaimer at the start hey, of this. Come on, we're all. I mean, an, all an agency. required to wear goggles. Yeah, exactly. You know, come on, seriously. <laughs> so, guys, there were the nine characters. Um, I would love um, to go round the room right now with your overview of how you feel uh, the set was and uh, your overall thoughts. Uh, on the shenanigans that came with uh, making this set. So, who wants to go first? Do you, Dave, Matt, myself. Who should we do? What should we do? I don't. You lead. You lead us out, dude. This set is fun. The theme, which basically is what the turbo revving old punks are all about. I love the fact that we've bought a set out on Halloween that feels very Halloweeny. And also the fact that we've got people that are a part of our group that are our lower minions. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra! Hail Hydra! Hail Hydra! Um, that basically get to be a part of the bigger picture now in a way. Because I loved that we had so much input for phase one and there were so many people helping us out that we kind of get to reward them in a way by saying, hey, you want your character, you do it, and you can come to the forefront. And it's been so cool to see so many people pick up that mantle and run with it and really just create something really special with this mini set, which if you guys love, trust me, you are going to love what's coming out later and also in phase two because this is just like a small bite size of like our development going forward and involving the community with turbo revving old punks. <laughs> I love it. Who wants to go next? I'll go. <laughs> um, I'll just reiterate what you said. Really, we're blessed to have community members who have helped us bring the set to where it is today. Um, just props to all the designers that have designed a card for the set. And it's really nice that we had Ark and Turbo Revving working together. Obviously, Mike's designed a card, Matt's designed a couple of cards. Um, you know, obviously we've got legendaries design stuff. That's something we'd be looking for to do in, in the future would be to make this more of a community initiative. Um, so if you've got good ideas, if you've got something, no matter how wacky it is, you know, it doesn't hurt to, to sort of like just work as a community and work together. Like it's something we're about the community. We want everyone to have their moment in the spotlight, which is why, you know, Matt's got a card. Nozumi's got another card. You know, Dan from Pips and Flips has got a card. If you think you've got a good idea, you know, chances are we can possibly make something work. No promises, but maybe. Um, I just love the set. It is so on point for theme. Um, Matt, thank you for suggesting it. That's that's the main thing. Thank you. This was your idea. I was just about burnt out from phase when You're like, do you know what, Dave? Let's make an answer. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. No, no recovery, you know. Uh, I, do you know what I think? I think that this set itself was uh, this set itself was a way for me to see if I could just make something 
and make it with my friends and, you know, do something that would be fun for the community. And we really thought about this being for kids and their parents to play something fun back and forth, you know. We really wanted something on theme and something that not every card has to be amazing, but the cards have to be, um, they have to be good or they have to be fun and they have to be able to be used by the community. And I think that the whole process for me was, you know, it was it was refreshing and it was really, uh, it really put to the test what, uh, how my, you know, working with people's skills could, you know, have changed. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it there as well. Like, not, not every card has to be like tier one playable. Yeah, like we've got Bludgeon, who's definitely top end of the set. But then there's other characters like, mm, how can I make this guy work? Just like Wizards did. Wizards gave us a whole menagerie of characters, um, like from really, really busted to either bad or like, how on earth can I make this guy work? Like, you know, how can I make Blur work? How can I make Blue Street work? How can I make, you know, um, Needle Nose? He's someone that needs a revamp. We're definitely looking at him. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like it, 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 it's it feels like the sort of like promo box set, like you know, like Magic the Gathering House from the vault. You know, if Wizards were to carry on, maybe we would have got some like holiday sets. Like you know, here's a Halloween set of like nine Halloween characters, um, no battle cards, just nine characters. Um, so it feels like something like we want to do something special for Halloween. Yeah, and it, it's it's what it was. And like, I, I really listened to a lot of interviews by the designers and something that Matt Smith said, you know, it stuck with me through the whole set. And I was like, find the simplest form of a card like that. Like that Your card doesn't need to have 30 bits of line. Your card doesn't have to have all this, these abilities. Most characters in the Transformers trading card game have one ability. They don't have seven abilities, and they flip from all to bot. You know that's what they do. That's the Transformers. They 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 they're transform. Transformers. Um, you know they they, they they transform. They don't uh, they, they don't they don't sleep in and get up late. So. <laughs> I love it. Um, any final words from you, Lee, before we move on to the next segment? No, I think I think. I think we've said it all. I feel like this set is something really special and this is only just the tip of the iceberg because if you like what people are designing now, you're going to freaking love what we've got coming in the not too distant future. So Absolutely. There, Absolutely. There is some serious badassness coming over the next next 12 months. We've got three projects going. Three. Not one, not two, three. And only one, only one of those is phase two. Yeah, it's kind of mad. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Blame blame one of their ma uh, main heads of the Hydra. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra! Hail Hydra! We've lost him. It's we've, we've lost, lost him. him. We always we always lose him. I've got my I've got I've got my goggles on. Yeah, goggles. Has, they do nothing. <laughs> tell you, it's unreal. So, with that being said, then guys, that's that's the overview done. Um, you can chime out now, but. We have a lot of questions from the community, which we're going to answer, which uh, are all about um, this set and our design process and loads of fun ones thrown in as well. So, uh, yeah, let's get to our community questions. We want to thank you all again for submitting your questions. We love hearing from the community, and this is a chance for you to be a part of the podcast as much as we are a part of it, as always. So kicking things off, we have Brian Allen from Wreck and Rule. He states, was there any thought given to making Meg slash Ratch 
uh, able to spit out a lesser-powered version of one or both characters upon KO? Question mark. So I guess I'm going to hand that over to you, Matt, because you're the one that designed it. Well, uh, <laughs> there was uh, an original idea to have him when he dies separate into a Megatron that's 10 stars or a Ratchet that is 9 stars but unfortunately the effects of the character coming inside from outside the game really did provide a weird interaction that most people would found out as a negative experience so it was kind of cut within that um, but for spitting something else out uh, you may see something in the future which I can't tell about talk about <laughs> I, th I think that's something we were quite keen keen to avoid as well. Obviously, like there's several characters in Monster Menagerie that are headmasters yes. in the law, but everyone who regularly listens to the podcast probably knows I don't really like that mechanic. I'm not that they kind of warp the game, and we've kind of been left picking up the pieces on how to answer Wave Five. Since it, since um, the game was cancelled, you know, as a fan community, as as people that have been handed that mantle of of caretaking the game, moving forward, I I just I think anything like that can be potentially broken, you know, to spitting it like you know as much as I'd love to see the two characters like breaking in half and we get like a baby Megs and a baby Ratchet spitting out two characters upon KO would probably have been too good and we would have had to really look at how he was and like he would have had to have way less significant abilities and stats he'd have had to actually probably be a bit naff um and that's something i think matt was keen to avoid and we we don't we don't want to be we want to put out good cards but we don't necessarily want to put out like busted broken stuff and anything that can be abused peace through tyranny is a, a, a crazy card and yeah that's my kind of 50 pence yeah also, we, we, we want to stick to um, how Wizards of the Coast design their cards, but not stay within those barriers of design. Like, we want to make sure that these feel like Transformer cards that are familiar to you, but also providing something brand new. We don't want to make sure that we're just throwing Yu-Gi-Oh! or magic terms or things on these cards and creating new things. We want to make sure that this feels like the character and also plays like the character and provides you a good, a good experience that you'll remember. Yeah, I really can't add anything to that. It's a cop-out, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's 100% true. Um, how many of us have died to a head popping off and then Fusion Bora and loads of other fun stuff and then kill that character and you just go, screw that guy. Screw that head. That's stupid. That's dumb. Too many times. Right, Dave, uh, we'll go to you for the next question, then Matt, and then vice versa. Cool beans. So I, I presume we're on to um, Hawkhammer's question. So it's Anthony Woodward. His question is, why is Bludgeon so good? Because he's Bludgeon. We kind of alluded to it in the overview. We wanted to make a character... That was competitive without being uh, redonkulous, you know. So he, no, we've, we've gone over it. He has his strengths. He has his weaknesses. There are weaknesses you can exploit. Um, the thing that I think that you nailed the most about this, Dave, which nobody has really said as of yet, is that this feels more on point with Bludgeon than most characters designed within the custom card meta at the moment. Sure, there are many characters that are use have abilities and that, that are very, very similar to how their counterparts are, 
but this is the first time I've seen in a bot mode that really, really emphasizes the theme and blends the mechanics into a character. And that's that's incredibly good for the, like, because like, name another character like that, it's really done that, it's it's hard. We wanted it to be themed, but we also wanted it to be, like, like Bludgeon, Bludgeon is brutal in the comics. He is brutal, you know? But he preys on the weak. He doesn't, he doesn't score up to Prime and, and the others. He, stay, he stays in the shadows doing his weird experiments. You know, behind Megatron's back, he's trying to you know bring you know bring back Thunderwing and all that jazz. He he's not a nice man. And we and we didn't want to dunk on the Wizards of the Coast bludgeon because that bludgeon itself is you know it's unique on its own way, and people love that bludgeon for its style and for its strategy. But I mean, we wanted to make something that was completely different so that you didn't feel like you're playing the same character. Um, Lee, you've got any any reasons as to why bludgeon's so good? It's a guy who has a samurai. He's got a freaking samurai sword. He brings a samurai sword to the party. Like, what kind of guy brings a knife to a gunfight? Oh, wait. Bludgeon does. That's why. Bludgeon does. Like, seriously, you, if you've ever read any of the IDW, you know Bludgeon's a badass. If you've read any of the UK comics, you know Bludgeon is a badass. Like, we need a badass character in this, and we've talked about it multiple times. We wanted a competitive character. We made a competitive character. You guys are going to love him in the competitive scene. Some people might hate us because we've made him, but guess what? deal with it or this guy's gonna come like cut you in half because that's exactly what he does and you know what in the comments down below tell us what you think bludgeon who who's bludgeon's first victim would be from this monster thing who, who would he go after first so moving on oh this is great this is a question from the best cars players in canada and i think the second best car, cars player in canada should answer these ones go for it <laughs> go for it throw, throw that guy under the bus i mean the the car right <laughs> Okay, so uh, who is your favorite character in the set and tell us about them and then follow that up with what is your favorite type of Halloween candy? Uh, my absolute favorite character in the set is Fangry because even though Fangry has unique abilities to his character and his bot mode, it was the process of bringing Dave and your friends Matt Coles into our group who I became friends with and I gained a friend like that through this whole process and um, we've all become a lot closer and that was probably the most important thing that is to the set for me and why Fangry means the most to me and that's why he's my favorite. Uh, obviously Brainstorm I made him but uh, Fangry means a lot because he's he's the reason why he's the cover of the pack. Matt, Matt really brought us together so you know. 100% yeah. Who's your favorite, Lee? Uh, obviously, I'll be biased to pick Hardhead because my boy's amazing. But I really like Hoist. Hoist was... Uh, a, a, um, I think it bought... It, to, for me personally, when I built my Hoist date, obviously, it's no longer the Hoist that I tested with because we changed it and stuff like that. But it really, really opened up my eyes to using characters I never thought I'd ever use before. And it was really, really cool to see a character that we always seem to throw under the bus whenever we talk to creators going like, where's Hoist? Where's this character? Where's the other one? And we finally uh, the first ones to kind of beat people to the punch for doing it. And hopefully we've brought him to justice, which, you know, at the end of the day, he's an old guy. He's very reliable at repairing. And he kind of does that really well, surprisingly. So I would say Hardhead and Hoist. So two Autobots, which is weird for me because I love Decepticons. So You do. You do. So, apart from Bludgeon, because I love him, 
Um, it's Banzai Tron for me. Banzai, Mike's design for Banzai Tron is really, really strong. Like, he's exactly what tanks needed. He ne they needed a filler character, because we have 13 star tanks already, so Bludgeon wasn't doing anything new, really. It's just like another big 13 star finisher. Banzai Tron plays uniquely. That trigger on every single battle in alt mode is really, really cool. He's just really fun, and he, he, he works nicely with lots of other non-tank characters so that's for me is why he's my favorite awesome halloween candy then matt uh halloween candy for me uh, i actually don't eat candy <laughs> this was a trap i knew it was uh it's a I trap it's a trap it's a <laughs> trap if i had to pick a candy it would definitely be the sugar ones next <laughs> There we go. Good. The good, sugar good, one. Sugar that's one. descriptive. I love that's it. Really that's like, that, that's nailed it. Like, it, what candy do you like? All of it. I like it all. I like all of them. I like sugar. I like them. I like them all. The sugary ones, please. I didn't, I didn't look at any of these questions. There's a trap. There is a trap. I think my there's only one correct answer here, and that's Haribo Fantastics. You know, there's one thing I'd like to say before Lee answers about the candy. Um, like, one of Susie's questions was, how much was the Arkham Bay Formers involved? Extensively. Every step, every step of the way. Every step of the way. So, yeah, what, what about, what, what's your favorite sweetie? Um, it's, they, these are heroin because they're Moorish. Uh, and if you ever have... It's not them, drugs. It's not drugs, <laughs> but this, 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 this candy is a drug, dude. If you ever have the drumstick squidgies or squishies, straight up heroin. They're so Moorish. Like, you, you have one bag of these you're like okay i'm done but also at the same time i know i'm gonna go back and get another one at some point in my not too distant future they are literally our go-to snacks whenever we have game nights or whenever we do live podcasts with all my mates we're they're the first snack that goes on the on the table literally yeah and we, we love we love that the uh we're able to have the bayformers in the arc work with us mike and techno have been a huge help and uh the bilmo and all the testers from there have uh, really, really helped shape the set a lot. So, yeah, the, like because we're focused on that crossplay vibe, you know, it's imperative that you work closely with you, your peers in, in the community. You know, I think that's something that we think is really important. Um, and without their help and guidance, the set wouldn't be where it is today. And I'm proud of of you know calling these guys our friends and, and and our collaborators you know it's been fantastic agreed 100 percent. matt next question oh wow this one's from is it the one from hunter yes it is yeah okay uh were there official cards the teams were looking to support with some of the characters like weird wolf and thangry i think the answer is yes but it goes broader than that because we're trying to make them work with um, like Watsy and the fan sets. Again, going back to the crossplay thing, like we have definitely tried to make them work and feel part of a cohesive card community. Um, but yeah, there's definitely obviously like immediate. We've talked about it in the overview beasts. You know, there are beasts that work with beasts. There are tanks that work with existing tanks. You know. Um, yeah, it was a big part of the process. I think you guys agree there. Absolutely. And when we were looking at how the characters worked first, 
we wanted to make sure that every tribe at least had some synergy with at least something out there. Yeah, I feel I feel like it was kind of interesting water for us because obviously when you think, um, obviously, um, Weird Wolf or, you know, Werewolf or whatever, it's, he's a very forgettable character, let's be honest. But Fangry, on the other hand, is very uh, still around, that guy is. So when going, I guess when we were looking at like creating these characters, we didn't want to have a... F a shall we say a bad taste in your mouth when we created them and i think they bring something very fresh and different to the table and also like we kind of covered it when we talked about them like they all have a specific feel and there might be characters coming down the line should we say in the not too distant future so you can run some of these with maybe some other beasts that i'm kind of looking at who might change into possibly three different things. I don't know. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Maybe you might go. You might. You might go bananas over it. I don't know. I, I'm just trying to think. We're, yeah. we're we're not too sure yet. And I think the biggest thing that that I, that I wanted to make sure is that these characters have some type of theme and story. Uh, we haven't talked much talked much about the story. Uh, it's something very minor and something very kind of fun that we presented to the designers. Uh, and the testers when we were kind of creating it that uh, we wanted to, this to have a cheesy horror movie feel where you know the Decepticons were doing something and the Autobots came upon you know the Decepticons causing trouble then something out of nowhere you know something appears that causes them to battle and uh, we had all the people who did reveals kind of create their own narrative of how they would feel that experience would be so yeah yeah and so some of them even went you know Aaron's like red light <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Halloween blood, blood red Halloween scape was awesome. Yeah, so. he, uh, he he made some gameplay videos and he posted a bit of a story before. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Now it is awesome, and you know, big shout out for 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 Hunter Tank Hunter, as we know him, um, for, for for pitching this question to us. Yes, we we wanted them to work with existing cards, and we wanted to, them to work with other fan cards. That was the, the driving goal. So we tested them alongside a lot of different combinations. And the biggest thing was whenever something came up, I have lists upon lists upon information based on the sets that we all share together that we have created to help us make sure that we're not stepping on other toes, but also not making cards too overpowered like that. Yeah, and also tr like not retreading, like, you know, not making functional reprints of something else as well, you know, trying to make them each character unique. Because quite often we come up with an idea and, and like, I'll be like, no, that character does this already. Like Bludgeon was a good example. I'm like, I want him to do this. It'd be really cool. You're like, but B does this. I'm like, oh yeah, he does, don't I? Maybe, maybe we'll do something else. <laughs> I would just look, I would look at them and every time someone suggests bold or tough, I said, stop putting bold and tough on everything. <laughs> Yeah, there's plenty of characters. But if you want your 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 orange clown vomit, you can have it. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of characters with bold. We there's a lot of characters with bold. We don't we don't need any more characters with bold right now. We're good. We're yeah. good. We are good. good. We're good. <laughs> so the next questions. Well, the next question is about seventeen thousand questions feel, in one. So I think we're gonna break yeah. this down. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen them, so I'm curious to what oh, they say. I tell you, I feel like Adam wants us to turn this uh, podcast into a three hour a three hour long epic. To be honest, with some of the questions he's wrote. Right, Dave, let's go for him because this is an essay of questions. I love you, Adam, as well. By the way, we're gonna break this down. So the first paragraph is, what what do you consider the hallmarks of good design? Related, what's your position on decision points in game design? Is it good for the game to have autopiloting decks where most of the decisions are made during deck building? 
or decks where decisions during play, like which character to flip, can make or break a game. Any thoughts about hoser cards, silver bullets? What about the degree of focus when it comes to designing cards for competitive, casual, or party play like Primus? Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay, that's a cool. big, big question. Who wants to take the lead? Let, let's take it apart. How they let's take it apart. The question was asked. They said, "What do we consider the hallmarks about good design, and what was our our, our place in the decisions and point of, des- of that design?" So I think that a decision points and design points and what is good design is to have team communication. If you don't respect your teammates and you don't respect the, the things that they've done for the team and the car work like that, you're not going to have a product come out soon. With good design comes input from each team member, experience working on the cards and listening to the valued feedback of our community and the people who spend the hours of their time testing the cards. You know, I think that pretty much answers that question. I think. Yeah, I, I also think like you touched on it earlier like the simplest form of a card yes doesn't have to have 20 25 lines of text it doesn't have to have 17 abilities it just needs to be like most characters and you said this don't have more than one ability unless they're like srt super powerhouses like most characters have like one maybe two what do you think yourself lee is that kind of what you think or i.e I, I I think you both have hit the nail on the head a little bit. So I'll tap it in a little bit more with just saying flexibility. I think flexibility is very key with design. Like everyone who's worked on this project and all the projects that we're doing going forward has been super flexible. Like we've all brought something to the table, but then we've also had to be flexible with we have to give and take away from certain things. Yes. But we still have the ability to create something. But the flexibility of that is what makes, I think, our team work really, really well. Because sometimes you might, you know, step on your soapbox and demand you want a, you know, demonic tutor on a card. But then eventually you'll see the the, the light and realize I'm being an asshole. I, I literally should change and be flexible. And I think that's what everyone has done, especially on this phase, uh, um, a lot and going forward. So I think... The hallmarks of good design is definitely being flexible and being, I think, humble as well. Because, like a lot of people, some sometimes they say it's really bad to have too many um, chefs in a kitchen. I think for the trop guys, we have so many that we actually make a really good omelet. Enough said. Like we have so many people that bring so many different things to the table that literally some people overlook and then they immediately go oh yeah that's what it is and then you're 100% behind yeah. each other yeah. I think that's yeah. like one yeah. of the best like being open to feedback from, from from not just your your um, peers within within the design team but also from the community as well like we 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 are quite proud of like we take on feedback so if you see something and you you can break it let us know we'll we'll we're happy to change it if we feel it's warranted i agree completely and like with um his comment on uh was it decks that autopilot and decks that are made to like flip like that 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 can make or break the game i believe i believe that some decks no matter what you do are going to autopilot themselves no matter what like that it's just the inherent design of card games that you're going to have red decks which is a magic term you're going to have aggro 
orange vomit decks that are just going to play themselves. And then you're also going to have decks that take intricate time and decision making to work like Daring Escape or Combiner decks like that or decks such as uh, we probably a, a, a new tactic that's going to be coming out soon. We, we do not want to have uh, one way to play the character. We want multiple ways. And if autopiloting this character does something for you and makes you happy, but if you can also change the way you want to play it with your decisions, it's just as good. So it's, you know, it really depends on how you want to play it. Yeah, I, th- I think this is, this is like, I, for me, like, I've, I've played a lot, lot of Magic over the years and stuff, and, like, sort of translates into X-Wing as well, like, where I, I play competitively. Like, having having stuff that just runs itself without introducing decision points, I don't, like, yeah, there's always going to be the most efficient build. You're going to pick characters that don't have to flip too much or whatever. But I do feel that there should always be a decision point when you're piloting your decks. Like, do I flip by now to by now to do this? Or mm-hmm. do I flip this character to do that? Um, I think that's important that you retain those decision points because otherwise it just takes away... You, you, don't, you don't want lists that just play themselves and you don't have to think about. I think decision points are key. And that's what... what it can make players stronger. I think well. ta- make you yeah, stronger. It does, and I, and I think taking aspects out of the game that initiate what was originally designed is bad design. And with the questions about um, silver bullets like that, and the degree of uh, like cards that are uncompetitive, I, I really think that uh, if you're designing a card to hose another card, there should be a really good reason for that. And if the original designer of those cards can't refractor those cards to harmonize. Perhaps those cars won't see the competitive scene. Yeah, like Lee said it enough earlier with with many expletives about you know we've put we've put hoses in, haven't we, Lee? We've we were like, I hate this guy. We need to hose him, and we did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, we did. Um, I think, I think, I think also going back to like my two cents when it comes to autopiloting decks and making decisions. I think the best person to uh, learn that is Metroplex because Metroplex obviously. Um, you can play him very one way, which is really, really cool. But I know Madifa has a different deck compared to me, and we it's both true. love playing Metroplex. But that guy, you have to really know what amount of pips you have in your deck and when is the right time to swing with the big guy and then when you know when you can possibly get that trigger off. And Dave's kind of seen that when he's played my Metroplex build of how consistent I've now got with it. It's scary. But also, I think that's down to learning from making good and bad decisions. And yeah, I, I, I think there are some decks out there which, you know, sure, if you want to get people into the game, like we've talked about it multiple times, like Dave, you got into it, I believe, when it was Orange Bugs. Like that's what you played a lot of against Orange Bugs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I was late to the party, really. I was wave three. I, I held off because I was like, I'm not playing another CCG. I'm not playing another CCG. Oh my god, it's Transformers. It looks so good. And then I bought it. And yeah, my first competitive deck was Bugs, but it ceased to be it ceased to be very competitive very quickly. So and that that's another thing. You know, you want you want metas to evolve. You don't want autopilot the best deck all the time. You want you want a variety. I've played in Magic where formats have stagnated with a fit artifact affinity, Jace the Mind Sculptor control. Like you don't want that. We want to encourage it. And I think the sort of like Bill Moose's next point about like competitive casual or party play like Primus, 
we've tried to put it all in there. We've yeah. tried to put it all. We've tried to put competitive and casual cards in. Because that's what Wizards did. They didn't just go, here's like 25 hyper-competitive characters. So like, here's like, you know, this bunch of characters. Find out which ones are good. Yeah, and that's and that, that, that's fine. And I mean, and with Primus like that, uh, Primus is something that was originally designed by Jamie Madison from the Powered by Primus crew and adapted by, I believe, the Transformer game crew, Richard, from there. And they, they yeah, they, they did, a, they did a great job uh, implementing some, you know, uh, multiplayer rules. And as those rules evolve, different groups will take those rules and make of them what they will. And I think that it's, a, I think that when we make cards for the Primus format, we're always looking for that consideration as well because we don't want to create a negative player experience or interactions that would cause this character not to exist in a Primus format, which is the multiplayer format. Yeah. True. I also think, like, when it comes to designing as well, we've also looked at the fun f kind of, like, builds of competitive and non-competitive. Like, one that we like is Junkion, that the ATP guys do, and we've took that into consideration where our cards stand as well, because we don't... If people are going to play our sets in those kind of fun formats like Junkion, etc., we want it to be like, you can use this cool common card, because that was a really cool, fun... Uh, thing that we look for. I know that Dave and me love that kind of fun, crazy format. Because I love the jank. I, lo I love the jank. The jank's all about it. Right, so what's the next bit of his massive essay, um, Dave? What do you say next? He says this. Um, Can you talk a little bit about templating both, both aesthetically and for wording slash new mechanics? How important is it to the game experience for you to have clean templating similar to, identical to, or surpassing the templating provided by Hasbro? Okay, I can answer that question. That's it. That's another question. Okay, so that right there is 100% because of three factors. Mike from the Ark, Technomegas from the Ark, like that, and the rest of our Transformers community. We should be so thankful that these cards need to be a certain way. We want them to look like Wizards of the Coast cards. We want players and you to open these cards and say, these look just like the ones that I loved before the game were canceled. We want you to look at these cards and notice that all the words are properly spelled. We use the proper wording. Um, and if we do mistake that, we rectify it. And making sure that we carefully look over all the cards before they're released so that you don't have to reprint them like that or have errors on your cards. We want them to look not like MSC and who people who put the work into these cards. And we want to make sure that you, like that, want to keep these forever. Yeah. And again, gratitude goes to Mike and Techno for their assistance with this because... And Bilmo and Bilmo. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, um, apologies, Bilmo. Yeah, like, their input was invaluable. The, 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 the cards do look legit. They really do. Um, Mike's templates... And Bill Moose font, it just all looks, it looks sexy. They just look good. And uh, a big, uh, I, I'll give a big shout out later to the person who helped us find the correct formatting of the, of the words as well recently. So uh, it was great. What do you think, Lee? Like for me, for me, for me, it was massively important. What do you think? I, I, I'm going to sound like Vince McMahon right now or be like a snob. But I think ours look hot shit. Yeah. And I've even, <laughs> and I've even shown my friends and go, which one do you think is one we made and what Wizards made? And they honestly cannot tell the difference. And these are people who don't even play freaking card games. These are guys who are like, we don't, I can't tell the difference. And I'm like, I'm very, I take great pride in that. 
So I can just constantly keep saying thank you for that. And I think going forward with what we want to do is we just want to keep making ours look the shit. But you, we want it to make, we want them to look good. And what's, you know, there's no issues with making our stuff look good. We wouldn't want to give you a half-assed project. We want to give you a 120% project that looks amazing. Totally. Just to sort of jump onto that with copyright as well, we are operating fully within the bounds of the Wizards of the Coast fan policy as well. Yes. So, you, you know, we, we've been careful that we adhere to that. Um, and we are very blessed that Mike and, and it's just, his cards just are oh, the shiznel. They just look so good. Um, so thank you once again, Mr. Mark. Right, next set of essay questions. Okay, thank you. How do you feel about the allied crossplay community? Do you think gameplay will thrive under a number of creators, under one collaborative roof, or do you think it's a feels-bad endeavor that will only hurt people's feelings and create negative play experiences? What are some of the biggest cross-play challenges and how do you overcome them for those creators who might be hesitant to include their cards in a larger, big community experience, like Allied Crossplay, what advice would you give to them? Allied Crossplay is key. I really think it's amazing that you can come as one, but you all bring different things to the table. If you look at the Ark, you look at Bayformers, you look at us, we all bring something different to the table. And I think that's something that is very, very awesome in an Allied Crossplay format. Now, when it comes to being all under one roof, one day we all want to be there. That's incredible. But also, it doesn't really hurt the community as much. You know, you we've all been a part of this amazing community, and there is literally, like, two sides to this coin. And it's always going to be, like, people want to do their own thing, we want to do our own thing. That's fine. You're still keeping a game alive. And what Dave keeps saying pretty much every single episode, a game only dies if people stop playing it. But everyone seems to be enjoying this game right now, whether they're, you know, doing the whole allied crossplay or just seeking, you know, other ways around it. That's perfectly fine. Now, some of the biggest crossplay challenges and how we've overcome them is funny enough, communicating and talking about stuff. Like, we have been very open, like, because we can talk about it. Well, I can. And hopefully I won't get told off by others of, of my Hydra group. I mean, the Turbo Revving Old Punks. Um, that we've said we want to do this we want to do this we want to do this and then the arc and then bayformers have come back saying well we're kind of doing this and we're kind of doing that and we've been very open and gone cool we'll shelve that we'll go in this direction and if that's co okay with you guys because we don't want to step on your toes and it's been perfectly fine with that now for creators who might be hesitant to include their cards in a larger thing the funniest thing about it is we didn't expect our set, and this is coming from Dave, probably he'll touch on this as well. I didn't expect my sets to be included in anyone's set. I didn't expect our cards to be included in tournaments. We just made a set because we wanted to do our own thing and have a fun theme thing. This thing has now grown organically that we are now in a bubble of amazing creators that we are all in cohorts with and we talk to and we communicate with and are flexible to constantly create and make amazing content for this game that we love and endure so all i can say is don't be afraid to ask for help because i can tell you i'm not perfect no one's perfect but if you work in a in a body that you know is pretty darn good you're not gonna just get good things you're gonna get great things out of the ideas that you have 
enough said. I'm off my soapbox. Go on, Matt. What do you think? What, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, well, crossplay is something that uh, Bilmo and uh, not really just said Bilmo, but it just I guess the, the communities have been kind of really rallied behind. I've been trying to promote it as much as I can, being hearing the community saying we want one community. We just want one group making cards. Unfortunately, that's not as easy as it sounds. And the plan is to eventually get there. But uh, any group that does not wish to join this united community can go do whatever they want on the moment. I mean, with this kind of game, we really want to have all ears and every type of person that has an opinion on the game. We want all of their cards in the set. We want to, we want to listen. We want to harmonize. And we want to make sure that if you, if you have a good idea and you are willing to have your cards harmonized to the greater effort of having this big community together, eventually it's probably going to happen like that. We want to make sure that this game continues on. So with uh, in regards to, you know, negative play experiences, if we don't communicate with each other, uh, the reason why I'm, I am on TROP is because I'm also a member of the ARC and I have clear, constant communication with Bilmo from Bayformers. And when people in design and magic, the gathering, uh, as Techno had mentioned before, there's always certain people that kind of just skip through teams like that to make sure that everything kind of harmonizes. And uh, with the teams, that's what I try to do. So yeah, uh, hopefully it works. Hopefully, hopefully, we're, hopefully we can do that for them. You know? Yeah, it is a it's a big endeavor to crossplay. Like it has not been easy to design cards with the existing sets from the tournament community that we're part of, let alone Arc Wave 2 and Bayformers Wastelands. Like, it's not easy, but I think with hard work, communication, which both of you have said, like, like communication is key. Just working together. At the end of the day, we're all still playing Transformers TCG because we like the game and we like Transformers. We're passionate. The people that have, have stayed are the really passionate ones that want the best for the game to continue in its afterlife, as it were. Um, like, I don't think crossplay is a feels-bad endeavour. Not at all. I, I've really enjoyed building stuff. Have I made some broken stuff? Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, you have. Yes, yes. you have. <laughs> but, but when something's been identified, we're already working on refactors. So, like, if we identify something's a problem, and this is where it's good, we're... We're a receptive bunch of people. Like we're players as well as designers. We ultimately we started just playing this game and you know doing silly videos and this that and the other. You know that's that's how we all met. But yeah, if errors get made, we can correct them. It's a digital age. These cars are digital. We can change them. We'd like to try not to change too many. So we're going to try and get it right. Yeah, first we, time. We, we we don't want people to have to reprint stuff whatsoever. No, you know, because we we appreciate you know from a personal experience as well. It's it's not cheap to get stuff printed. It's cheaper than buying booster boxes, but it's still not like you know it's not cheap. So you know we're, we're trying to get it right first time. Um, sort of, sort of. We we really we really have all the time in the world. Yeah, exactly. We do. We do. We, um, we do. We do. You know, sort of the question again, just touching on it, like including your cards in a larger, bigger community experience. That's kind of where we sit as the turbo revving old punks. You know, like we want to hear from you. I can't promise we'll include every single card. That's not possible. 
But if your no. idea, if your ideas are good, then we can look to include them. You know, that's how we. You know, obviously we interviewed um, Caleb last last episode, and we've harmonised one of his cards and brought it into the wider sort of card base that we're pulling from. It's just something we want to do. We want to, we want everyone to have. Everyone has a voice. Everyone should have have um, the opportunity through either playtesting, feedback, whatever. Just come and get involved. This particular project is passion of mine, and I want it to be for the people. It's for you guys. Come join our Discord. We would love to hang out because honestly, we're always there t- talking and chatting about Transformers, posting pictures of our Transformer toys, talking about you know just fun stuff, the movies, the TV shows, yeah. other games, board games. We're- yeah, yeah. It, it, like there's a whole menagerie of stuff on there. So yeah, if you want to come and hang out, um, yeah, come hang out. So yeah. moving on, I think I hope we covered yes. that, Bill. Me, um, I think I think we did. Um, so the next next paragraph is there's considering more. this is his opening <laughs> there is more. There, there's more. <laughs> okay, okay, keep doing it. <laughs> so considering how many new cars, mechanics, and interactions will be hit in the TFTCG in the future. How important to the game is it to have a fully functioning, independent, regularly active rules body like Equitas? And what would you change or improve? All right, so uh, with this read here, I believe that Equitas should be changed yearly. And I believe that the person who is most qualified to do the job should be the head of Equitas. I also believe that it should have groups, members from all the factions. That means that we should have all the people who constantly make content, we should have the most active player either on that team, and we should also have open-mindedness about rules and how they are, how are they portrayed, how are they interpreted, and also specifically communication so that we don't have splinter factions anymore. Yeah, I, I think like for the for the long-term longevity as well, like it's important that we all sing from the, the same hymn sheet. Our car, even if our cards aren't legal in the same format, you know, for example, ATP is a good example here, where they have their own tournament format, the templating should be consistent. Yes, we should not have cards not looking like the other ones. Uh, the major concern when making the sets was that we wanted TROP to look like the ARC and Bayformer, so we started making sure that Bayformer cards look like our cards, and our cards look like TROP cards, and TROP cards look like Bayformer cards. So w- with that unity, it comes, you know, uh, we, we have to make sure that when people see a card, like, oh, this these go together, you know, and it doesn't look like something you printed off from, you know, MSE. Lee, have you got anything to add? I feel like it's a challenge. Just it is. kind of like, it kind of... It... I think I feel like the the allied crossplay community and also you know a rules body is very very challenging and hard because I think I think the nicest way of putting it as well is you have I like the whole idea Matt says of having everyone from different groups be a part of it because that makes sense and active players and that makes sense but then the problem is sometimes you're always going to have personalities clash. You're also going to have other things that might just clash. So trying to get everyone to eat the same kind of thing sometimes is not going to be, you know, the perfect thing. Because if it would be, holy cow, it would be fantastic. I know the Equidist group, there's a lot of people in that group that are still playing the game and doing stuff as well. So it's just, it's really, it's a ch- it's a toughie, should we say. It's a tough one to, to swallow, like... I don't think we'll find a, a regular thing. I think it's kind. Of, it's a big, big ask, is what I'm trying to say. It is, you know. I, th- I think, 
I think like what Matt said, a rotation of members as well is important. You know, there's a lot of people that have the knowledge and the experience and the passion to, to rotate and rip in and out. Um, because some of, some of the original members are not active members of the community anymore and Equitas has kind of fallen by the wayside. I think it would be good to re-kickstart that sort of initiative and have some newly elected members. You know, I'm not saying myself or anything. I'm, I'm Personally, I'm not that hot on the rules, interactions and stuff, but I do think a rotating body would be good. And if someone... You know, someone would want to sort of put that back in motion. Then I'm I'm all for it. I think it'd be good. Right. So the next one is: Have you considered using mechanics created by other groups? What other things you look for when using them? Do any features of these mechanics encourage or discourage you to use them? Okay. Can I can I can I handle this one first? Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Bill, up. Do you remember our conversation two months ago about Wolfwire? When I said, can I use this ability? And you said, oh yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Lee, what, what do you think? Is, has there been anything from other groups that you think that is hot spice and I want to use? Yep. I'd love to. I, I think there is, but I also feel like sometimes you want to do your own thing in, in the nicest way possible. As that person's created something, it's kind of cool having that synergy. Like. I can say Legendary Void had that kind of mixing of with the Bayformers and his stuff. He's already said that he wants to do that kind of synergy stuff. That's awesome. I would love to do that. But I feel like when it comes to creating mechanics and, you know, keywords and stuff like that, if they've created it, I don't have the right to use it, I feel, sometimes, because they've made it. So it's their thing. I don't want to go and say, oh, yeah, I want to use that word because that group did it. That's cool. It would be cool if they did allow me to do it, but I'd rather do my own thing. But most of the time... I don't even look at keywords or anything like that. I just wanna, I just wanna make characters that are either not made or battle cards that help existing characters. Like everyone knows, well, phase two I can't really talk about, but there's a few things in there that I wanna do where I'm just like, I wanna do this and that's all I'm doing and I'm bowing out. And people have said, that's great. And I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> and I wanna I wanna do that and be kind of not left to my own devices, but I don't wanna steal other people's ideas or borrow any other ideas without their consent. I think that's the, the worst thing to do is just take it and not ask. Um, but for me, I don't wanna, don't wanna kind of like use any of it just because I would like to create my own kind of thing and not confuse people sometimes because I don't know if you play one of our our words and even our sets, should we say, and we use a keyword from a set that no one's ever heard of, even though it has that description, the first thing they're going to say is, what the heck is this? And I don't want that to, to kind of... Yeah, yeah. we don't want to be like, what's 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 truth and justice to do? You know, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah. I don't know. You know this, this, I, is there a truth and justice mechanic? I don't know. But, like, I, I agree 100% with Lee. Like, Lee hits it, like nail on the head nail on the head I, th I think it's it's always interesting to look at what what other members of the community are doing particularly where we we're sat in kind of like this collaboration with bay formulas and the arc like you know bill bill moves putting this really cool new mechanic into wastelands which is the the rolling action like that's something i could see that i would like to maybe dabble in at some point but you know at the end of the day he's the creator of that and i want him to have like kind of like first refusal on all, all the because there's lots of things you could do with that 
absolutely. But there's other keywords, you know, there's stuff like Horde from the Ark is an interesting one. You know, what other Horde characters could we have? Sturdy from ATP is an interesting one. It's a powerful one, but it's an interesting one. You know, like, not never say never, but we're trying to be unique ourselves. I think yeah. it's probably the best yeah. way to say it. And there's been a lot of stuff that's been in the design for quite a bit of time that, I mean, if it does come out and it may seem a bit similar, just know that we, we've been thinking just like you guys have and everybody else has, folks have. Like, there's, there's a finite amount of Legends artwork and it's inevitable that we're going to touch on the similar, similar things and similar mechanics. Like, like not every idea is, is unique and people, multiple ideas can come from, the, from similar inspirations. So, you know. The best thing that I could tell for, like, people designing cards that are in the custom card groups, I'm no expert. I'm just a, I'm just a guy. And, but the thing that I know is that if you make a battle card and it doesn't look like a card that exists in Wizards of the Coasts, like that you most times are going to get a negative response from the custom card group community when you ask what your card thinks. Um, mechanics that include in other games like max one per two in deck. Star cards exist for that reason. You know, there's there are many, many options. And every time I see someone put a white black pip on something, I just don't look at it. <laughs> It's da dangerous territory, white it's black. It's so dangerous with overwhelming advantage. It's it's uh you know it's it's one of those things that when you make a card, you should really think of the end effects that it has with everything. And with this crossplay challenge, we make sure that whenever we design something, we thoroughly look over all the sets so we don't create a negative experience. And uh, that's one of the main things we want to make sure with that question. A hundred percent. So moving on, we're nearly nearly at the end. There's two two paragraphs to go. Thanks, oh, Bill. Man. There's two more paragraphs. <laughs> there is, man. He's got this. Is the closing argument almost? Okay. It's great. Okay. This is it. So, what does the future of in-person play look like to you? Any possible changes or evolutions that you see for physical in-person events? That's a really tricky one. It's going to vary country to country. Yes, very country to country. Um, I am not going to talk about the politicals of in-person play at the moment. Um, as we are in a pandemic and uh, at the moment, but hopefully in the future when uh, thus pandemic does end, we will see an eventual return to table. Um, I am right now of the thought that we should be playing online, you know, like that, or specifically by webcam or within your bubble. So, yeah. Same here. Like, I pretty much exclusively moved to playing online. Okay, I do play games with my, my family and stuff and those in bubble, like Matt, um, but Large-scale, big attended events, probably not the best idea, even if Boris does say COVID's over. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 yeah we'll, we'll kind of put a pin in that one for now. Do you have anything deadly? No, um, COVID changed everything. And also the game being cancelled changed everything. Yeah. So there was ideas for me to do stuff at Transformers events that are in the UK. I talked to Dave about like having a table and doing stuff there and fun stuff, but like... We don't know what the future brings due to the lovely Corona. I think if the future is, if you want to play with your physical cards, get yourself a webcam. They're a relatively low investment. You know, if you, you know, you do things, you don't even need a computer. Like if you've got a tablet and a smartphone like matt has that's how you play with us you do device two device devices bish bosh you know 
a web a decent webcam if you've got a laptop or a pc is not too expensive that's where the future is that's where all the competitive play is now so you're looking at um the encounter series from bayformers and the alpha Triumph protocols tournament series that's where it is um it's online and it feels the same it feels the same because there's no kind of shared ownership you know like in magic the gathering you'd be like i'm gonna steal that creature there's none of that in transformers and i think most of 99.9 percent of the fan content creators have recognized that that you don't steal your opponent's cards so it translates very well into a webcam environment yeah and, and we never never know we may uh, we may have drop events you know that may come up soon we may do that the, there's ideas there are ideas um i think post christmas post christmas yeah post holidays have that help and, and as a member of the arc i i believe that our team is incredibly interested in promoting the community and having our cards make sure that they harmonize with everything so everyone can play all together and i think that the arc would speak on behalf of me that we want the community to work together if if things change like as in like for in-person play then yeah, I'd love to come and meet some of the UK players. I'd love for us all to get together, go on like a crazy yeah. weekend of just playing cards till we drop. Um, I'd love that. Um, how feasible that... <laughs> yeah. if, if you can find my tent in the woods in the far north of the cold reaches where there's moose territory where I sit with my numerous amount of cards making my ice fort. You know, I mean, <laughs> Canada. Your house I mean, is built I mean, out of Transformers cards, I think. I mean, it is, it's yeah. Built trend, yeah, wooden Transformer cards. You know, what do you think I burned for... <laughs> all those armor platings bro uh, oh that's the best card that's, that's the best card that is the best card that is the best card <laughs> so let's let's round this up this is the last question from bill me thank you sir these are really really good thought-provoking questions so thank you um this is this is this is strictly for yourself because this doesn't apply to me or lee this says finally as a canadian superhero can you tell me what kind of hearty breakfast you eat to have a fabulous day uh i am a uh, do you know what i i am a classic breakfast person i i intermittent fast but uh, i am a huge fan of just you know eggs bacon toast you know cereal sausage ham pepper vegetables omelets everything everything just, just just slop it on the plate, stir it up, and put it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take that out of context. But yes, breakfast. Yeah, that is, huge, that's, huge. A, that's a big superhero breakfast right there. You know so, what I mean? If I, if I don't get my Wheaties, I can't make those cars. This is it. Um, Lee... Because I feel like talking about breakfast. What's your favourite breakfast? Mate, can't go wrong with a bacon sarnie, mate. My bacon sarnie. Bacon, a good old bacon, bacon like, butter. I'm just, I'm so, I'm just, I'm just saying. You could be like emotionally wrecked in a really bad situation, but a bacon sarnie can cure all wounds. That and a donut. Like we've realised, me and my housemate recently, donut. You can have like the world's shittest day, and you can have a donut, and immediately your mood is way better after eating that donut. Like, I know. You, just, like, it's, you forget how good donuts are. You look down at it like, sir, you've lost your arms, and you're like, feed me the donut. Give me the donut. Give me a bacon sarnie. I don't care. Give it like, to no, me. No, yeah. Bacon, bacon sarnie is pretty freaking good for me. Absolutely. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. Um, my favorite. Dave. Full English is probably my favorite. Um, I don't have it very often because it's very bad. Um, I... I, I um, depends on my mood. Depends how okay. hungover I am. Okay, okay, okay. 
And there is a fantastic end to the podcast because we have digressed massively. Thank you, Bill, for that thought-provoking question right there. What is the best breakfast? Question? That was that was in a series of an assaults. That was. <laughs> that was, was like really was. You, that was that, that was a bludgeon combo breaker, Bill. Thank you for all those random questions. Yeah. That was a belligerence combo right there. Bel- yeah. Belligerence. Mean. So thank you, thank you, everyone that sent those questions in. Um, as always. So yeah, like near future, what have you guys got going on? All right, well uh, for me, uh, anyone who's been following along in the arc knows that the arc two is still in development. Uh, it is a combiner set, and we are uh, still uh, working on it, and it should be available hopefully soon. But with Trop, uh, we have something planned for the holidays, maybe, maybe. Ho ho hopefully. You know, hope, hope, hopefully. I mean, these uh, it's a it's a monstrous situation, and hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully, people will like it. It's really, really exciting, folks. Like, yes. Joking aside, it is good. There is some spice coming. Mm. Spiced mold, like like a spiced mold wine. Oh, oh yes, wine. it's gonna be Ooh. good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Lee, what have you got coming up? Uh, I have a lot on my plate, as always. Um, I, funnily enough, have the first official episode of Tales from the Loop currently being edited, which is a ton of fun. Love doing that podcast with uh, a group of guys who I do a D&D podcast with called Rolling Across the Pond. I help edit their podcast, so if you want to go check them out, uh, link might be in the description for them. It's really been fun doing that. Uh, me, personally, um, I've still got some more Imperial Assault to do. Transformers-wise, funny enough, I'm going to hopefully be seeing Dave in, like, two weeks or so because I've, like, booked a whole week out, like, off for my birthday. So I'm basically filling that week with activities. And funny enough, one of them is to go visit my uh, uh, mom and my stepdad in their new home down in Cornwall. And funny enough, that's in Dave's neck of the woods. Uh, it's so in the Shire. It's in the Shire. So I'm going to go down there, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to... Hopefully be playing some Transformers, maybe some Marvel Champions, maybe, you know, maybe Dice Throne, don't know. Loads of stuff. I'm pretty sure we could do a whole whole, whole day of, we could, of gaming. We can figure be, it awesome. out. It's going to be great. So, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. And then, obviously, you know, guys, we've got, like, you know, this podcast still going, Once You'll Stand, Once You'll Fall. We've kind of alluded to the um, the holiday stuff that we want to do for uh, the Turbo Revving Old Punks. Uh, phase 2 is pretty much in full effect. I've already started my ideas of like mass destruction like I, I'm, I'm humbling myself and going right this guy can't be as good as I want him to be so I'm preparing for him to get nulled with a hammer of <laughs> gigantic proportions because he's a beefcake um, but yeah um, uh, I think you guys are gonna really like what we've got coming out uh, hopefully Christmas time with our set and obviously with phase two Dave what have you got coming out on uh, on your channel mate Unfortunately, Claire's been really sick for the last couple of weeks. Oh, no. She's had some sort of horrible flu-like virus. It's not the Rona. Um, it's not Rona. It's not Rona. But no, Claire's not been very well. So we've had a bit of a hiatus. I, I, I've been building some decks um, that heavily featuring Phase One. I've ordered Monster Menagerie. It's been a bit of a debacle. Um, to say the least. Unfortunately, for those listeners that use Make Playing Cards, beware, they may not print your order. Beware, you're in for a scare. Just saying. Beware, you're in for a scare. So print your Monster Menagerie somewhere else. Um, That's just personal choice. Obviously, I'm not trying to blacklist them or anything like that. Their cards are fantastic. However, I've hit a bit of a uh, brick wall with them. 
So waiting for Monster Menagerie to come, I have got an alternative source. Thank you very much, sir. You know who you are. Um, wink, wink, nudge, wink, nudge. Wink, nudge, nudge. In it, bruv. In it, bruv, no. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. No, I've got some new decks coming uh, for, for the channel. I'm having a bit of a break. Uh, it's been a hard year from a design perspective. It's been pretty full on. Um, so I've, I'm taking November off. <laughs> um, I'm just going to play cards and have fun. Hopefully get some more. We're going to look at um, Encounter 5 because that's the first tournament with our cards. So we're going to have some Tournament Tuesdays coming. The finals, are it's a baller. It'll have already, already happened by the time this comes out. Fortress Maximus versus... Blaster versus Soundwave, Soundwave? What? 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 So, yeah. yeah. We're definitely going to feature those two decks, as well as the car driving outside. Really low noise in my room. Yeah, just having a bit of a break, having a bit of a chill. Hopefully Claire's better soon and we can get some content recorded. So I've got, I've got nothing. It'll be like three consecutive weeks, I think, before something comes out. So I'm sorry. But she's good. ill. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, you know. But no, that's it. But thank you, everyone, as always, um, for your support. I'll let you close it out, dude. Yeah, so, guys, that is another episode of Once Your Stand, Once Your Fall in the books. That's episode 29. Hopefully, you've enjoyed our overview of Monster Menagerie, our Halloween-themed set. Uh, remember, if you want to download them, they'll be in the links below of this YouTube video and also in the links on the... Uh, audio medium on podbean and yeah guys we have so much fun exciting stuff coming for you it is amazing like dave has alluded to episode 30 we are going to be talking about encounter 5 because it's the first tournament to include our phase one cards so we're all over that literally so without further ado guys it's a goodbye from me lee it's a goodbye from me dave and it's a goodbye from me Matfer. yes and we'll see you next time in the not too distant future for more one shall stand one shall fall. One shall stand, one shall fall.